everyone. Welcome to the Imaginal Space Podcast. My name is Katherine Perry. So if you are new, welcome. I am the host of this podcast. And if you have listened before, welcome back. So today I am going to be recording a dream aura healing episode. And I'm really excited because this is a this is a dream that I've had. It's like a recurring dream that I've had probably over the past three to four years now. Um, and it's so interesting and so wild to me that this dream has provided me so much wisdom and so much healing over the past couple of years. And what's so interesting about it is this dream is not specific to me. So I'm going to get into that a little bit later. I think, you know, a lot of people have probably had this dream or have had, you know, some variation of this dream, which is what makes it so interesting And today, what I really want to do is take a deep dive into, you know, even though we all might have similar dreams, how to really just, you know, soak in our own unique medicine from the dream and kind of find our own meanings, you know, from our own symbols, you know, making our own connections, you know, that sort of thing, you know, ultimately, you know, becoming our own dream interpreters, even though, you know, once I kind of get into it more, even though the setting of the dream And everything else, again, it might seem quite common, you know, dreams, they're such a, such a great source of like wisdom and intelligence and information. And I find it so interesting that we can kind of share the same patterns with dreams or even share, you know, very similar dreams. And, you know, we can all kind of have different meanings with them. But yeah, I have, I've been with this, this dream has been with me for the past like three to four years. And it's perfect because I really wanted to record this episode and I just had the dream again last night. Um, What was it? It There was a full moon last night. It was during the, I think, yeah, Cancer full moon because it's Capricorn season. So um, I knew this was perfect timing when I had the dream again. When I woke up this morning, I was like, okay, yep, definitely time to record this episode. Um, Okay, but before we do that, I like to do this... um, Every single, this is how I open every single episode, whether it's a dream or a healing episode, or, you know, maybe it's about aura colors, whatever. I like to take the time to just close my eyes, take a couple of deep breaths, and then set up the space. So what do I mean by that? Basically, just setting your intention, you know, calling whatever in, you know, for example, and I'm trying to be, you know, better with my introductions and a little bit more clear, you know, just in terms of, you know, the episodes and where everything is going and, you know, what I'm doing at any given point. Um, But yeah, during this time of just quiet, I like to call in, for example, my spirit family and just say, you know, I'm open to your wisdom. I'm open to your guidance, you know, that sort of thing. And if that's like not for you, don't even worry about it. You know, you don't have to like believe in spirit guides or like God or creation or the universe or anything to, you know, get anything from this podcast. You know, there's space for everybody with all sorts of beliefs here. You know, it's really rooted in the spirit of unity, consciousness, love you know, finding your own wisdom, finding your own medicine, finding your own channel, finding your own relationship with yourself and unconditional love at the end of the day. So if setting up this space 
you know, looks like something like me where I'm just like, all right, spirit family, you know, come on in. Or if it looks something like, you know, just getting quiet with yourself for a few moments or, you know, reflecting on what's really been coming up for me lately. Um, because the aura, because it's it's so fascinating to me every single time, it has so much multidimensional wisdom, you know, archetypes and the way that I understand the aura, you know, between archetypes and colors, they have so much love within them that they can hold space for all kinds of healing. You know, I might have my intention for today, but you might hear something else that like inspires something else within you and brings like love or medicine into your life or healing. So just set your intention. You know, even though we are going to be talking about dreams today, I might remind you of something else or I might say something, you know, you never know. So just always be open. Um, Okay, so I'm gonna do that right now. If you need more time, feel free to hit the pause button and then we will get started with the dream. All right, perfect. Let's get started. So I was actually sitting with this dream for a couple of hours this morning because I, like I said, I've had this dream for such a long time and I've been so excited to record this podcast episode and I had last night. So I was like, okay, perfect timing. And the dream that I had last night kind of summarizes everything that I wanted to talk about today. So it was, you know, especially perfect timing. So what is the dream? All right. People usually call them anxiety dreams. And here's the thing about that. I 100% agree. Um, This is definitely like an anxiety dream. But here's where I kind of like try and like drift off the the path a little bit. Not all anxiety dreams are created equal. They're not the same. Like they, what they do is I like, you know, when people can like point out, oh, that was an anxiety dream just to understand that you know, those dreams can be common. You know, you're not isolated. You're not alone. You know, if you've had a dream like that, it's likely that somebody else has had it too. So I like that, you know, the conversation about dreams and, you know, the fact that like we can all have anxiety dreams, like it helps us to like, you know, come together and maybe understand our dreams a little bit more and just understand that, you know, our dreams are simultaneously personal and impersonal. You know, it's very likely that someone somewhere has had a similar dream that you have, you know, or a similar dream experience. You know, some dreams can be very specific and like kind of bizarre. And, you know, and like those, I mean, there's so much medicine within those two, but then some dreams, you know, a lot of us just have within this human experience. And I find that so fascinating, you know, just in general, how we can be so connected through our dreams. So, the anxiety dream. I've heard of so many different iterations and variations of this dream. You know, anything from like, I don't know, being in your like underwear or like being naked in public or something like that. I honestly don't think I've ever had that dream. Not that I can remember. I mean, probably, right? Because it's so common. But my, I guess what you can call anxiety dream, I've been calling it this for years. It's the school dream. I know, not super creative, right? But here's what happens. So The way that I understand recurring dreams is like there has to be something that is consistent. There's a constant, you know, throughout every single dream. So sometimes there's a recurring dream with like a family member. You know, anything else can change. The setting can change. Um, Yeah, we can be anywhere. We could be doing anything, whatever. But usually the family member and the emotion, there is an emotion that is consistent, right? 
Um, or, you know, maybe there's a symbol that's consistent. Um, but in this case, it's a place. So, and this, I thought this was interesting last night because there was a little bit of variation. Um, but as you might've suspected, the school dream always takes place at school. So it might be my middle school. It could be my high school. Um, it could be my university. It's usually one of those three places and I recognize it instantly. This dream, maybe because the full moon has been like bringing up a lot of stuff for me and has been a little bit intense. I didn't immediately recognize the classroom, which I did think it was interesting, but it was definitely a school. Okay. So I've talked to adults before. Um, I guess I'm an adult, but like older adults where they're like 50 plus and they still have this dream. I remember telling this to like one of my family friends one day. And um, I was like, I keep having this dream, you know, that I'm like in high school and doesn't make any sense. Uh, And he was like, I've had that dream for years. Okay, I've had that kind of similar anxiety dream where I like, I don't know, I was like in college and then I wake up and I'm like, I graduated from college maybe 30 years ago. You know, so that's I find it so amazing that we all kind of have something like this, you know, in common, you know, on the dream plane. Um, But let me tell you a little bit about it. So the dream, it always takes place in a classroom. And then certain things vary across certain dreams. There are some times where, um, and this is where it can kind of get super specific. And, you know, usually when I record these episodes, I don't get too lost in the details just because the details can be very, very specific to me. Um, It really does depend Um, But in this case, it does have the details do contribute to a lot of the uh, medicine. So there were dreams where like, okay, so I am in school and I know it's very strange. I know I've missed school for like three months, you know, and it's very weird because it's like, I don't know where I've been or, you know, what have I been doing during these like past three months? But it's like I've come back to school And I know I've missed school for like three months. And then I'm like kind of stuck in this position of like, how do I catch up, you know? And also just kind of confused, you know, it's very. And so anytime I look at a dream, I'm always looking at how I'm feeling. So, you know, I've missed school for like three months ish. It's usually three months. I'm not sure why. Um, But I'm like, okay, so number one, where was I? How is it that nobody like, even notice that I was gone, like what's going on here. And of course, you know, after I missed like school for three months, there's like an assignment due or there's um like, yeah, like homework or usually there's an exam. You know, I've had that a lot too, you know? Um, there's like an exam that I just, I didn't know about. I didn't study for. And it's just like out of the blue. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, why? And then another key part of that is everybody else around me, they've been going to school. Nobody else missed school for three months. Everybody else around me turned in the homework and I just didn't. Everybody else around me somehow knew about the exam and knew what to study and I just didn't. And sometimes I sit at the exam and I look at it and it literally looks like gibberish or it's usually math, you know, and like what's so interesting, you know, I, I wouldn't claim to be like super good at like I don't know, English or history. Oh yeah, I was not so good at history. Um, I had a couple of those, but usually when I'm like sitting down at a test or looking at like homework, it's math and it's math that I don't recognize. You know, I took math all the way through university, you know, so in this plane of existence, it's something that I'm very comfortable with, 
But there, whenever I look at the math, I just, it's like weird, random symbols that I've literally never seen before. And I'm like, I don't know what to do, you know? So those are just like some examples. And like, I've been having like this dream for like a couple of years now. And it was so interesting to me about this dream. It does change depending on what's going on. And so I've gotten better into the habit of paying attention to what was I thinking about right before I went to bed? What was happening, you know, within the past like two to three days, you know, before this dream? And what have I been thinking about? And that's also provided, you know, a lot of insight. So for example, last night, I was actually talking to somebody literally um, before I went to bed last night um, about anxiety and like, because a couple of my friends, I don't use that word lightly, by the way. I'm not like a psychiatrist, not a psychologist, not a therapist, nothing like that. I took one intro to psych class in college and that was it. So just like know that, please. Um, I'm definitely not like um, a licensed therapist or like a professional or anything like that. Um, but I do have a couple of friends, you know, actually a lot now that I'm like thinking about it with that do have anxiety and um, do have a lot of trouble sleeping because of it. So I was talking about that with a friend last night um, and they were talking about how literally they just can't fall asleep. And I've heard that before. Um, my other friend has the same exact issue. Um, and so I was, you know, thinking about that this morning, I am fortunate enough to where like any anxiety, any fear that I have, it does not keep me awake at night. I will, I sleep like a rock. Okay. I will go to sleep. I will stay asleep, you know, for the most part, you know, cause sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and then I will go back to sleep. You know, there are no, even if my mind kind of starts turning, if I wake up, I'm like, no, go to sleep. Okay. And I'm very fortunate enough to be able to do that. Um, like I said, I have plenty of friends that they literally don't fall asleep until 3 a.m. and they can't control it or they don't fall asleep until 5 a.m. and there's just nothing that they can do about it. They're literally just sitting there. And so it doesn't manifest for me in that way, but it does come through in my dreams. And that's why like you kind of have to know yourself and like understand what it is that you need to pay attention to. Because I mean, if I couldn't sleep, you know, that would be one thing, you know, I would just like, you know, I would take a look at that. And, but for me, since it comes through my dreams, that's how I pay attention to it. So just like a little, I just thought that was interesting this morning. Okay. But this dream in particular last night. So this provided kind of three distinct scenarios in the same dream that sums up, I think pretty much anything I have experienced within the past couple of years. So, uh, all right, let me see. Let me just like get into the zone a little bit to like remember exactly what's happening. Oh, my aura is like a orange and purple color. Perfect. So, all right. Last night I am, or in the dream, I guess, in the dream plane, I'm in a classroom, right? And I, I'm in a math class. It's math for sure. And like, you know, if you've ever been, you know, in like primary school, you know how they like sit you in pairs or like you don't get to choose. It was definitely, it was not college. It was not middle school. It was like high school. Um, and you know how they like sit you in pairs um, or like they put like the desks in like groups or like something funny like that, you know? Um, so I was sitting in a pair with like another girl, a girl that I don't recognize, you know, she's not a specific person and paying attention to like characters or not characters, they're real people. Um, the people that do or don't show up is also interesting because there have been a lot of circumstances where a specific person did show up and that does add another layer of meaning. But in this 
case. It was a non-specific person. Okay, back to the dream. So I'm sitting next to her and we have like, um, she pulls out her math homework, okay? And I'm like looking at her like, there was math homework and I'm very, very confused. I didn't know there was homework or anything like that. Um, and I basically just have a blank sheet of paper. So she has all of the answers. And I think it's also implied that she has all of the correct answers too, um, which I'm like, oh, that's also important. Um, but yeah, she has all of the answers. She has all of the correct answers. And I'm just like looking at it um, and I'm panicking. Okay. So that is something that is consistent throughout all the dreams. There is a fear of, not a fear, an emotion of feeling of fear and panic and just like, I don't know what to do. And just this fear and like being stuck. Okay. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, I didn't even know there was math homework to begin with. And so she says, do you want to just copy my answers? And I was like, well, yeah. Okay. Because I see the teacher and I kind of get the sense that like the teacher is going to like come over and like collect the homework soon. So I start trying to copy down the answers and I do mean the word try. Okay. I try to write it down, but it's like not working. You know, you know, when weird things like that happen during dreams where you just kind of can't seem to like, I can't move my hand in the right way. Like I'm writing stuff down, but I'm like not copying it right. I keep making mistakes. I have to erase it and then start again. I'm not copying it in the right order, um, which might not make a lot of linear sense. But basically, I'm worried that the teacher is going to be able to tell that I did copy her homework, you know? So I'm like, instead of, um, you know, copying it down like, word for word and in the correct order. Like if there's question like one, two, three, four, I'm copying down question one first and then question four next and then question like 19 after that and then question 16. Um, And then I erase it. I'm like, why did I just do that? Why didn't I just go like one, two, three, four? And then, so I barely, I don't even get like four answers down. And then the, um, what is it? What happens? Oh, and then the girl's like, yeah, never mind. And she like takes away her homework. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. You just said I could like copy off of you. You know what I mean? You just said you were going to do me this favor. And she takes away the sheet of paper and kind of like goes away. She's like out of my frame. Um, and then she comes back and I'm like, there's nothing I can do. I can't do the, all of this homework. I didn't even know there was homework. And I also don't even know what's going on in this class to begin with. And then my male teacher is like, I don't know why I just said that, but yeah, I mean, every detail can be important. So you never know. Um, but my male teacher is like, all righty, uh, everybody, I'm going to come around and collect the homework now. Everybody did their homework, right? And this homework is out of five points. So if you didn't do the homework, you lose five points. And I'm sitting there like, I didn't do the homework. It is what it is. There's literally nothing I can do about it at this point. You know, I was just, I was so petrified and I was just like, you know what, just stay silent. There's nothing I can do about this now. I didn't do it. I don't have it. Um, And then, you know, as he's looking around the classroom, this girl that literally five minutes ago offered to let me like copy off of her homework. She's like pointing at me like she didn't do the homework. Okay. Like kind of, she didn't say it out loud, but she was like pointing at me, like trying to like, I guess, call me out and like put me on the spot. And then suddenly I'm just like, I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't even know there was homework. I didn't have time. I don't even know what happened, but I just didn't do it. And then two other, you know, boys in the classroom say, yeah, I didn't do it either. I didn't do it either. And then the teacher's just like, okay, you know what? 
Um, a couple of you didn't do it. That's okay. Just give it to me by the end of the day. And I was like, huh? But also like, okay. So I haven't till the end of the day. I was like, can I skip class? Like, how, can I do my homework during class? Like, what am I going to do about this? Like, how do I fix this basically? And so here's where it is interesting. And this doesn't happen all the time. And this was really, again, unique for this dream specifically, but it has happened before. So everything that I've talked about up until this point, um, the fear, yeah, the feeling of fan panic, panic and fear, that's very, very consistent. There is no school dream. This recurring dream does not happen without that feeling of like sheer panic and fear. And what do I do? That's always consistent. That's always the same. No matter if I'm in math class, English class, Latin class, doesn't matter. Um, History university, middle school, high school, that's always there. That feeling is very, very consistent. What did change though is usually I'm just out of luck. You know, either I do try and like copy someone. And this is also what's interesting. Anytime I try and copy anybody on any sort of exam or any like sort of homework, it never works. I never get away with it. I've had that happen a couple of times where I think I'm being like a little crafty and I think I'm being smart and I'm like, I just, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how everybody else around me was able to kind of know what's going on. And this is actually the first time where two other people just didn't do the homework. I don't know what happened there. Um, so that is actually very, very interesting. Um, but yeah, this is like the fear, the panic that always happens. Um, the homework and like sometimes the copying, sometimes that happens, but it never works out for me. Me trying to copy somebody else's homework and trying to basically cheat that never works ever. Um, I never get the opportunity to finish. What doesn't, uh, this has never happened before. The teacher has never said, okay, give it to me by the end of the day. You have a second chance. Okay. Never happens. And what also has only ever happened once in another dream is a feeling of hope. So I remember very specifically, you know, you know, when I was like trying to craft a plan, like, how am I going to get this homework? And at the end of the day, because the fear here is it's not just homework, you know, back in middle school or high school, those assignments are built so that they might, they don't take more than two hours. And the way that I was like reviewing my day, I had like three to four periods. So three to four hours left in the school day of class. So I could probably get my homework done in one of these classes. But the fear was that I didn't know the material well enough to just do, to just like bang it out and just to do my homework. But for some reason, when I looked at the homework questions this time, and for some reason, when I looked at the textbook, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't as hard as I thought. If I literally just read the textbook and, you know, do X, Y, Z, I can figure out this homework by the end of the day. And then I woke up and I, I don't know how, I mean, I don't know how it turned out, but there was this feeling of hope, like, wait a minute, I'm not totally hopeless. I can 100% fix this. I can read the textbook. This isn't as hard as I thought. This isn't as confusing as I thought. I began to get some clarity and I was like, I can do this. So that's the dream. Um, and that does highlight three big themes. There's this theme, again, the emotions of panic and fear and a little bit of hopelessness because you know, if you've missed school for three months, how are you going to catch up in like, two seconds to take an exam. You know what I mean? Or, um, so that's really consistent. 
sometimes there is this element of copying, but copying and cheating never works for me. So that sometimes happens. And then very rarely is there this feeling of hope. So the first thing that I want to talk about is the copying, um, because I find that interesting. So the first two archetypes that we have are the medallion and gnosis. And gnosis is, um, it's an initiation card. It's a huge energy. It's one of the, um, what does it translate to? It's like your innermost knowing, you know, and we're going to get to that in a second. But the medallion, it translates to like, um, think of the medallion as like a talisman or something that you pass down. So um, yeah, or like, what's that? Like an heirloom almost. So think about something that like an item that might have been in your family for a while, you know, maybe like a necklace or like a, like a wedding ring. You know, I know some people do that. They pass that down, you know, um, what else? Any item that you can possibly pass down, maybe a photograph or something like that. That's kind of the medallion. It's an item with a lineage, with a history, with a story. I mean, all objects have stories, right? Um, But it's something that is physically passed down to you. And when I saw the medallion and gnosis, I was just like, this represents the copying aspect of the dream so well, because gnosis, that's all about, it is about like your innermost knowing. So um, whenever I see gnosis in any sort of reading or any sort of aura or anything like that, it's always highlighting this element of studying from yourself, following your innermost knowing, you know, studying directly from spirit and not, you know, copying anybody else. So, um, for example, like, okay, um, for me, a personal example, uh, why not? So, um, for me, I've, I was like, when I began to, you know, become like fascinated about auras, you know, that was inspired by somebody else. You know, it was inspired by an aura reading that I received. Um, and that person has like their own way. They have their own way of interpreting the aura and that's great. Right. And that's where I was first exposed to it. And that's fine. You know, we're all meant to expire, inspire one another and open up new dimensions, you know, of exploration within one another you know, that's the point, you know, that's the point of us, you know, being within this universal family. That's not a bad thing, um, you know, whatsoever. But Gnosis, whenever that appears in an aura, it highlights that it's kind of time to, and the Gnosis, Gnosis goes really well with the mentor, except the mentor is not in this aura. So it's a little bit different. Gnosis is all about like following your innermost knowing and like studying your passion in the deepest way available to you. Um, so in the deepest way available to you. For me, that has nothing to do with like copying literally anybody else or following what anybody else has to say. It's about really, again, learning from yourself, learning from your own channel. That's, you know, Gnosis. And Gnosis is a part of the gold family. And gold is all, it has a lot to do with like internal abundance, you know, finding abundance within our relationships with you know, others as expressions of, you know, unconditional love, you know, with God, source, spirit, creation, and then finding abundance within our universal family. That is the gold family. And so Gnosis has a lot to do with, you know, you can literally follow your innermost knowing to probably like the ends of the earth and never be done. You know, you have so much. And since Gnosis is in the personal part of the aura, you know, that has a lot to do with you have 
the capacity to learn from so much within you, you don't need to look outside of you. And then the medallion, you know, is like a very powerful partner to that um, because the medallion asks you to kind of reevaluate and take like a closer look at what people are passing down to you. So within the context of the dream, because these two really directly relate to the story of the dream, which is why I wanted to, you know, brush over that first. Like I said earlier, copying off of anybody else has never, ever, ever worked for me. So in this dream, you know, um, there's like two things, like, so basically, you know, the girl says you can copy off of my homework and I am like, great. That's going to save me here. You know, that's my saving grace because I don't know what's happening in this class. You know, at a first glance, the homework kind of looks like gibberish. And like, again, math, I just don't recognize. So I'm like, I have no option but to copy off of her. So I start copying. And like I said, it just doesn't work. You know, I'm copying all of the answers out of order. It looks very, very weird. I'm not doing it fast enough. I'm making all of these mistakes. I have to erase and I have to start again and keep erasing. And it's not working. And so the medallion is a part of the green family and green is all about healing. Um, anything. So what I was also sitting with this, with this dream specifically, um, I was, what am I talking about? I was sitting with this dream, um, this morning and I was like, you know, I know where I want to begin with this, but there's just some, I feel like there's something that I'm missing, you know, and that I want to kind of nail before I start recording this podcast episode. And I realized that I was trying to, I was, you know, paying again, paying attention to, you know, what's happening, you know, surrounding the dream, what's happening in my own life. And I realized I was thinking like too much in like a narrow sense, you know, I was trying to like attach this dream to one specific event. I was like, okay, you know, and I realized, okay, so it's not, um, I was like, okay, is, is there something that happens every single time that I have this dream? You know, something very specific, like, am I worried about a certain thing? You know, am I worried about like, um, it literally could be anything. Am I worried about a relationship? Am I worried about like, you know, something at like work? Am I worried about, you know, X, Y, Z? Am I worried about a specific person? Am I worried about, something in my family? Am I worried about literally anything? And I was like trying to rack my brain. Like, is there something consistent about this? And I was like, you know what? My life has changed a lot within the past, like three to four years. I don't know if there is something very consistent about it. I don't know if it's any one of those things. And then I was just simply reminded it's the feeling that is consistent. It is this feeling of, oh, mm -hmm. okay. Um, it is this feeling of, you know, fear, panic, anxiety, that's just the consistent part. And that has so many different manifestations, um, so many narratives, so many stories in my own life um, that it really could be anything, but it's not about a specific relationship. This is a dream I had to let go and be like, you know what, this dream is not about a specific person. It really is highlighting a specific feeling and the narrative matches that feeling. So I don't know if any of that made sense. I really hope it did. Um, but like, for example, any time in the dream, in this recurring dream or any iteration of it, where I've walked into a classroom and I haven't been there for three months, or I'm about to take an exam and I just haven't read the, or I'm about to like, I have to write an essay in one day. I just haven't read the book. You know, all of those are very simple narratives to understand like why somebody would be panicking, 
you know, if you had to turn in an essay, you know, the next day and you haven't even read the book yet. Yeah, you would be panicking. Okay, so it's very simple. It's a very simple narrative that highlights a very, very clear feeling. Um, But yeah, back to the medallion um, and the copying and like essentially like the cheating. But the word copying, um, I think, really helps here because, again, the medallion asks us to reevaluate, you know, what it is you know, that's kind of been passed down to us. So it doesn't actually have to be like an object. I just kind of wanted to give you a visual of like an heirloom or something like that. Um, But it's not just objects, you know, it's beliefs. It's like, you know, people like to say programming, Um, literally anything that anybody passes down to you. And green medallion being a part of the green family asks you to take a closer look at, you know, what has been passed down to you. And then to kind of figure out what to do with, you know, what is it that you want to do with that? You know, not necessarily just like taking it. So um, let's just say, oh, let's use like a parent, you know, because that's like pretty easy. I feel like, you know, parents like inner child healing, that's like pretty mainstream now, right? Um, So let's just say like my mom or something. Um, Because you know what? Probably because I've been spending a lot of time with my mom and it's always been so fascinating because... I've never spent this much time, you know, with my mom, I don't think ever. Um, So the more I pay attention to like what she says and I'm like, wow, that's really connected to, you know, my grandmother and like her mother. And there is a lot of like the medallion does have a lot to do with ancestral healing in that sense, because it is, again, the theme of what's being passed down to you and really paying attention to that. And then like that sort of feeling, because that kind of, it is like a very much like an ancestral healing card, you know, um, and kind of finding your own way with that. Um, but yeah, my mom as an example. So like I've been noticing a lot lately, just like paying attention that the things that she says to me, I'm like, that's been passed down to you, you know? I mean, I mean, there, of course they're like, it's not to say that like, there's nothing that she's saying that isn't hers or anything like that. But I'm like, the more that I listen, I'm like, wow, I know where that comes from now. And what I love about the medallion and Gnosis, you know, showing up, especially, you know, with respect to those copying elements of the dream, what it reminds me is that just simply taking and letting things, you know, be passed down to you, you know, without, you know, really evaluating, you know, where do they come from, you know, and like, what's really going on here and like what is the full scope of the story you know behind this belief behind this item you know behind this energy that's being passed down to me you know what's really going on here you know starting to pay attention to those little details and starting to pay attention to everything and you know not just like taking things at face value but again with the energy of gnosis understanding that you know, you can always, there's so much to learn just like from yourself and so much learning, so much healing and so much abundance. And again, really, really paying attention to, you know, what's being attempted to pass down to you. And like, Gnosis speaks a lot to, you know, just how you interact with like ancestral healing in general. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's just, that's like a very simple example. And here's the thing. So with respect to just panic and fear, because like I said, the medallion isn't necessarily just, 
you know, items. It's not just talismans. It's not just heirlooms. It can be beliefs and it can be fears, you know, which is what just came through just now. Um, so the medallion in this context, um, especially is saying, pay attention. And I was literally thinking about this the other day, really pay attention to what fears and like whatever, what anxieties or, you know, whatever, whatever you're panicking about, make sure that's actually yours and not something that's just being passed down to you, you know, and that's the healing part of green. So um, let's use, let's use like a silly example. Um, let's just say like my mom, because we're like, I, the medallion is ancestral healing it, and like, and it gets so much fun when you re, like my understanding just in general is that we are all one universal family. And so ancestral healing and the way, and so the way in which, um, for example, the way in which I would look at ancestral healing and say, wow, I really need to pay attention to what my mom passes on to me you know, because that could be something that belonged to her mom or her mom before her. You know what I mean? Like that sort of thought process of thinking, okay, well, where does this come from? And give me some more context before I absorb that energy into my being, that sort of thing, that sort of like thought process that needs to be applied to everyone. So I'm using my mom as like a very simple third dimensional example, but that can be your friends. Okay. That can be like romantic relationships, anything where anyone might be passing something on to you that wasn't yours to begin with, you need to like have some discernment and pay attention and question, well, wait a minute, where does this come from? Is this mine? You know, what's the full context behind that situation? And as you kind of, you know, really understand where, like, again, if it was like a thought pattern, why is it this way? What does that have to do with like our third dimensional stories and histories? You know, what does that have to do with the people that surrounded them and the energy that they like you know, gave to them, you know, did they reevaluate that? I just recorded a whole episode on like boundaries. And this seems to be like a continuation, you know, of that discussion. Um, but that's what that is. So basically, let's just say my mom, um, or you know what, this is actually kind of real, but like, not really, you'll see what I mean. So um, my mom doesn't like um, peas, you know, like the vegetable. Yeah, she doesn't like them. Not really, like not at all. Um, so I, when we, as we were growing up, my parents did really well. They like, you know, fed my sister and I tons of vegetables. Um, yeah, never peas. Like my dad later on, but my mom just never cooked them, you know? Um, and one day I asked her, like when I was much older, I was like, you gave us a lot of vegetables, you know, broccoli, spinach, you know, asparagus, you know, whatever. Um, but you never served as peas or anything. She was just like, I don't like them, you know? And here's the thing. It's silly, but like, that's like, just like a very silly example of exactly what can happen. My mom didn't like them. So she didn't feed them to her children. She was like, I don't like them. I'm not making them. Makes sense. Okay. You're not going to make stuff that you don't like, you know, because when you're, you're a mom and you're cooking, you're not cooking a million different meals. You're cooking like one, you know, that everybody can eat. Um, but I don't like peas either. Okay. Um, but maybe I would have, you know, if my mom fed them to me enough and I got used to them, you know, my dad, I really used to hate like cooked spinach and like cooked tomatoes. I was literally just having this conversation the other night. I hated that. Okay. To me with like olive oil, that was like disgusting. You know, I was like fine with like maybe cooked spinach without the olive oil. But when you threw in the cooked tomatoes and then I really didn't like mushrooms, hated it. Now I can't get enough of it. It's like my favorite snack. Okay. I will literally make cooked spinach with olive oil throw in some tomatoes, you know, in like the frying pan or whatever, um, 
what is that? Yeah, like the nonstick frying pan. And that will be a snack, okay? I went from literally despising it as a child. And then my dad literally just like fed it to, you know, my sister and I enough where I was just like, this is my favorite snack in the world, you know, and I still eat it, you know? Very, very silly example. Um, But again, anything can be passed down to us. And so, you know, that's the medallion's energy is really being aware of what's being passed down to us and when. And this is something that, you know, I've really been rethinking a lot about like ancestral healing. What does that really mean? And within the context of we are all one universal family. So how does that broaden the scope of ancestral healing and healing within the family if we are all one family and we all recognize each other as like one family that came from one source, one God, you know, creation, et cetera you know, in the spirit of unity consciousness and um, gold gnosis is gold. So that gold is all about abundance and unity consciousness and understanding that, you know, everything within you, everything outside of you, like the entirety of the universe, the entirety of the cosmos, that's all within you. So that's gold. Okay. And so that has been on my mind a lot lately. And I didn't think that that I didn't think this would be such a huge part of the dream. Um, But everything that I said about, you know, ancestral healing and the medallion and basically, again, just watching what people pass on to you, you know, that's something that I love to explore and that's Gnosis. So if anything, this dream is telling me that this is kind of a way to really explore ancestral healing in a new way, because that's something that, again, I find so fascinating right now. And like I said, Gnosis is not... So, and this is where like the copying comes in again. If I look up ancestral healing right now, you know, it's probably going to tell me something about, you know, pay attention to your physical, like third dimensional human family, you know, pay attention to, you know, look back at your lineage, you know, get, go on like ancestry, you know, DNA or like 123andMe and, you know, look at all those third dimensional stories. And it's like, that's great. But when Gnosis appears in an aura, it's like, there's this whole gold, right? Gold, abundance, There's this whole world of exploration, you know, surrounding whatever it is that you're paying attention to, whatever it's in conjunction with. And it's in conjunction with the medallion, green, ancestral healing, you know? So it's just telling me that this dream is a way to open up my definition of ancestral healing, my exploration of ancestral healing, and not to pay attention to, you know, all of the typical definitions. You know, gold is fun. You know, it's like a, it's, I mean, I think that they're all like creative, you know, in their own way, but it is a very creative color. Um, Gnosis is a very creative card, you know, following your knowing, following your, I guess you could say your intuition. Um, I like knowing because, you know, claircognizance, like following like your downloads, following your inner visions, you know, really following love in that way to learn about, and in this case, to learn about the medallion. So like, let's just say the no, like gnosis was with another card, then it would say, follow your innermost knowing with respect to like um the womb. The womb is another, it's like another card in this aura. You know, if it was in conjunction with that, then that's what that would mean. But for here right now, it's saying, allow this dream to really get you thinking about all of the ways in which you can expand upon ancestral healing in general and how we, inter- and the medallion now I'm realizing is a lot about how, we interact as like a universal family, you know, what are we constantly passing on to each other? What energies? And in this case, what anxieties and what fears are we passing on to each other? 
that might not be ours. And I do believe that that's why the copying, you know, in every dream I've tried to ever copy off of someone, it never works because I'm not meant to copy. So again, the medallion is like that copying aspect. It's taking things without really evaluating. Well, wait a minute. You know, I just assumed, by the way, I just assumed that this chick had all of the right answers. I didn't know, you know, because I didn't know the material. I didn't study it for myself. And so that hope at the end, like, wow, if I just read the textbook for myself, I can kind of figure out my own answers. That's gnosis. That's the understanding that, you know, there is so much love and there is so much hope when you really focus on what it is that you know and figuring out things for yourself, you know, figuring out ancestral healing for yourself, figuring out whatever your passion is, whatever you, um, maybe passion is not the right word, but it kind of is, you know, figuring out, you know, and kind of doing your own investigation and like, you know, having fun and learning about, you know, whatever it is that you're really interested in, taking that to the next level and not worrying about whatever else is already out there. So that is the medallion and that's gnosis and that's in the personal part of the aura. And then we have the poet and the womb. So a lot of this, I have a feeling this is less about the dream specifically and how we kind of relate to dreams in general. So the poet is in the blue family and the blue ha- the blue family has a lot to do with balancing different forms of truth. And, you know, I think I might've mentioned this before when I was talking about the dream in general, this dream is a very personal and impersonal dream. And that's the energy of the poet. You know, the poet is not af- like not afraid to like explore all different forms of truth, you know, which makes it a perfect member of the blue family. Um, It acknowledges that, and this is where I love the poet and like its entire metaphor. So poetry, for example, um, never was super like great at writing poetry, but it's beautiful. You know, what makes poetry so beautiful? It's born in the spirit of unity consciousness. You know, if we all read like a poem and, you know, we all connect to different poems at different times and like maybe we don't connect to some poets, you know, artwork at like a specific time. But poetry is just, it's like, it's made of pure love. It's like channeled love on paper into words. And, you know, I have one book of poems that I absolutely adore and that absolutely inspires me whenever I open it. But here's the thing. I'm not the only one with that book. And different people can look at different poems and kind of, and the poem will awaken different parts of people's hearts. But we can all, it's like, we can all look at the same poem. Like if, um, like, let's just say there was one poem that we could all connect with and we were all looking at it. We're all taking away different forms of love. You know, the poem is made of love. So it's impersonal in that we can all connect to it. And then it's also simultaneously personal because we all have different ways of connecting to that same poem. So the fact that we can all connect to like a poem is impersonal, but the way in which we connect to it is very, very personal to us. So that's kind of the medicine of the poet Um, is acknowledging that and what it does. So within this dream specifically, so now imagine the dream in kind of a similar way. We all have had, I mean, not we, okay, we all haven't had it because I mean, who knows? It's a, but it is a very common dream. So we've all kind of probably interacted with an anxiety dream or like a fear-based dream or like a dream from the underworld. By the way, the underworld is um, actually in this aura, and we're going to talk about that later. It is a part of the blue family too. Um, but we've all probably, even if we haven't had a dream that it has like panic and fear and anxiety in it, 
um, we've all probably had like a nightmare, you know, or something like that. Um, or something where we, when we woke up, we were like, glad that's not real, you know? And that's the energy of the poet is the understanding. What I love about the poet in this aura with respect to this specific dream is again, it unifies us, you know, it helps us to understand that, you know, in a lot of our human experiences, you know, we're not like alone, you know, especially and like dreams. I mean, dreams are like border. They're very human, but they are very, very mysterious at the same time. Um, which is something that I love about them, but that's kind of the poet. And then the womb, I also, I really love the womb and the womb has been like coming up more and more lately. Um, but the womb poses a very interesting question. So what it does is it asks you to constant, and this is also, you know, especially kind of tied into the medallion. It asks you to ask yourself the question, where do we all come from? And kind of to trace it back. So the womb asks, for example, for me, you know, when I see the womb or, and every single time, you know, it comes up, it's like, you know, let's reevaluate, like, let's check in with whatever it is that you actually believe. So where do I come from? I come from my parents, for example, you know? So I came from my mom and my dad. I have a mom, I have a dad. That's where I came from. Okay. And then it asks you to ask, okay, well, what's beyond that? So my mom and my dad, they both came from like their parents. And then you can like trace that back in a very human and linear way. And it's like, okay, well, ultimately, where did, you know, like your great, 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 great grandmother come from? And it's like, okay, so personally, I believe that we all come from source. We all come from God, you know, et cetera. And then you ask yourself this question of where are you from? You know, you contemplate, you know, your, and it's like, it does use the mother, but it doesn't have to be the mother. Um, I think it's just because the linear story of the mother, the mother does give birth. Um, and this is the womb. So, you know, um, but essentially it's asking you to contemplate the mother beyond the mother, the beginning beyond the beginning, you know? So if you came from your mother, you know, and you're here, so you came out of somebody's womb. Okay. Um, and that's why I like that it's called the womb and not like the mother or the father or anything like that. Um, because the archetypes are very inclusive in that way. But you, if you were here, you came out of a womb, out of a womb, you know, we're not quite at the point yet where like, I think that we can just like grow humans. I don't really know. Okay. I'm not that caught up with like modern science and everything like that. Who knows? I might be in the future or it might be happening right now. You know, you never know. Um, but as far as I know, if you're here right now, you came out of somebody's womb. So that's the question of the womb um, is what is the beginning beyond the beginning? And here's why. Whenever that card appears in any aura, what it does is, okay, it's basically asking you to return to the original womb. And the womb is an incredibly nourishing, nurturing space of love and acceptance. So it's basically asking you to find your own space of love and acceptance. And what does that really mean to you? So for example, you know, after you ask yourself, you know, what is the beginning beyond the beginning? Like some people find, you know, that space of love. So and this is where it does get interesting. So it doesn't matter what your answer to the question is. It's just like, answer it, you know? It's kind of like the riddle in that respect, you know? It doesn't matter what you think is happening or what you think of the mystery or anything that's happening here. It's not about, you know, what you think. And like I said earlier, at the beginning of this podcast episode, there's space for literally everybody. 
you know? So it's not about how you answer. It's just like having an answer. So for example, if you think, you know, that all you have is like your parents, you came from your parents and you came from your grandparents and like, that's it, you know, that's like your story. That's your understanding. That's great. That's absolutely fine. So then your space of like warmth and nurturance, et cetera, and nourishment, that probably has a lot to do with your physical family, you know? Um, For me, when I contemplate the beginning beyond the beginning and, you know, what does real warmth and nourishment and nurturance and love and acceptance, you know, what does that really, and compassion, you know, what does that really mean to me? You know, I came from my parents, my parents came from their parents, et cetera, et cetera. You know, moving down the ancestral line, ultimately they came from God, you know, and my understanding, God, the great mother, you know, within this context, since we're talking about the womb, they came from spirit, they came from source, that's where they came from. The womb is ultimately one of those cards that invites you to not only to contemplate really what is your home, you know, what is, you know, where it is that you came from, you know? So basically, um, I believe that we all came from love, so we all return to love. So, you know, kind of not only contemplate what is your home and, you know, what does that really mean to you, but also to return there and so what I find so interesting about that in the context of this dream is, yes, okay, this dream is riddled with so much anxiety and like fear and like, you know, again, panic, literally just sheer panic. You know, why would the womb be showing up in the aura of this dream? And what it reminds me is that, again, with the poet, these dreams are simultaneously personal and impersonal, you know, these kinds of recurring dreams, you know? you know, these dreams with these certain emotions, even if they don't all look the same, you know, not every, and even with my dreams, you know, even the different iterations, you know, they vary, you know, depending on what is going on and what I do in my waking life, you know, again, the feeling of the place does stay consistent so that I can like recognize it. Um, but they are simultaneously personal and impersonal, you know? So the womb showing up, in the aura of this dream specifically reminds me that even though this dream is like very uncomfortable, literally when I wake up, I'm like, just thank you. So glad that's like not real, even though it is, but it isn't. Um, or, or I'm like, I'm so glad like I'm just, I'm gone, you know, I guess gone until the next time, right? Um, what it does is it says this dream is an opportunity for you to really return home you know, to whatever you think that is. And the womb showing up again and again, you know, that can change over time. You know, for example, there was a time where like God, source, spirit creation, that wasn't a huge part of my life. So I would have answered the womb's question in a very different way. Now I answer it this way. And I really love the womb and the medallion together um, just because that does, in the spirit of this dream, really being, you know, paying attention to what's yours, what isn't, you know, really, does have this element a little bit of like grounding in like your soul, your spirit, and really knowing, you know, what does, you know, really pertain to you, what really does belong to you, claiming that, and then everything else doesn't, and really seeing how like dreams can contribute to that. So that's interesting to me. Um, next, we have the vessel and the storm, and the storm actually just showed up in an aura healing the other day. So I find it interesting that actually, wait a minute. Yes, it was for the full moon this week. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the other day, yesterday, um, what is time? So the vessel and, and the vessel was actually in that one too. 
That's interesting. Okay, so the vessel ultimately, it says everything, the way I understand it, everything is a container for creation. Everything is a container for source. Everything is a container for love, God, etc. And it's all moving around at different times. Um, it was actually in combination with Kairos the other day, Mythic Time, which I thought was very interesting. Um, but basically, it's the card of everything around you is a container for source, is a container for creation. And it's a part of the orange family. So it is a very creative card. And that is only limited to, you know, your creativity. So for example, you could say every person is a vessel for creation, is a vessel for God. Um, And so God is all around you in that way. You can extend it though to like plants and animals and like other, or like the planets and like the stars, you know, other celestial bodies, you know, everything in the sky. You can extend that, you know, to all of nature. You can extend that to whatever you want. You can also extend it into the unseen realms. Um, So it's very co-creative in that way. But the vessel is in conjunction with the storm. And I talked about the storm on a previous episode. The storm is a part of the green family. So, but it's not, and green is all about healing, but this is not your typical like fuzzy, you know, warm, like unicorns and rainbows, you know, healing situation. So what happens with the storm? The storm is like the chaos, you know, it's, um, it's a disruptor. Um, what I find so interesting about the storm is like, the storm is something that builds over time. And that's a very important aspect of the storm. So the storm is here. It's like an indicator. It's like a result. It's like a reflection. So the storm doesn't just appear out of nowhere and then, you know, throw chaos into your life. The storm is brewing because there is chaos that has just gone unaddressed. So I like to say that the storm just starts as a drizzle. Okay. It's, something that you're like, that's normal. It drizzles occasionally, unless you live in the desert or anything. But, you know, I live in like America, you know, Northeast, you know, region. Um, Rain is normal. Okay. Where I live. So, you know, there's like a little drizzle, normal. It turns into a rainstorm. Also pretty normal. You know, it rains enough around here, whatever. Thunderstorm, also normal. Um, So you're not really paying attention because even when it goes from like a kind of like a drizzle, to like a thunderstorm, it's okay. You know, you know, that's not something that like raises, um, it's not there. Alarm bells aren't ringing yet, but when the wind picks up and it's like, Ooh, wait a minute, this is actually like a really strong, like storm here. And then all of a sudden there's like a threshold a little bit, also a card in this aura where it just switches, you know, it turns, it's like, it goes from this thunderstorm with some wind And then it just turns into a full-blown hurricane. And, you know, there are stages to hurricanes, too. You know, I think there's, like, stage one all the way to stage five, or maybe that's, like, earthquakes or something. Um, The storm can be anyone you want. I like the hurricane-like metaphor. You can say tsunami. You can say tornado. You can say earthquake. All of those are storms of, you know, their own kind of way. You know, all of those, you know, bring a lot of chaos, you know? Um, that's the energy of the storm. And I just, I like the energy or not the energy, the story of the hurricane, because I don't know how hurricanes start. So I could be totally wrong, but that's kind of the gist of it. You know, the storm, it calls, what it does is it calls us to pay attention to something that we are not paying attention to. And there are some cards in this aura where I'm like, this is perfect for what this dream is. So like I said, this has been a recurring dream 
you know, that has been a part of my life for quite some time now. And what it does, you know, and this is why I, I personally, every single time this dream comes, I'm like recording it as soon as I wake up, you know, my eyes are still closed. I'm like trying to remember as many details as possible because it, it kind of tells me where I am in respect to the storm. Is it a drizzle? Is it a stage three hurricane? Is it a stage five? You know, what's going on here? Or is it just a thunderstorm with like some mild wind? You know, who knows? Um, but what the storm does is it says, this is, it builds, like I said. So it started as a drizzle. And so when the storm, you know, shows up, it's like, this has been building for a while. The storm didn't just pop out of nowhere. You know, it's not a cause of like whatever unstable, you know, precarious conditions. You know, it's not the cause of them. It's the result. So I hope I didn't just reverse that. Let me be very clear though. The storm is a result. It's a result of the chaos it is chaotic now, but it is a result of the unresolved, you know, whatnot, you know, whatever has been going on that has been building over time. And so what I love about the the vessel in the storm, their message, it just like jumped out at me. I was like, I get you. Dreams can be vessels, you know, for the storm's energy to really let us know, you know, what if the storm is starting up, you know, is it brewing, you know? So like I said earlier, I've had very different iterations of different dreams. So, and this, it can kind of tell you where you are, you know, on like within like different levels within the storm. And that's, you know, why these recurring dreams are so powerful. Um, So for example, um, I think the dream started out pretty mild, you know, just like being in school, like I didn't do my homework. Um, That's like a, it's raining outside. You know, I was kind of a nerd when I was in school. Definitely not kind of literally. Absolutely. I always did my homework. So for me, it is a little bit of a, like a rainstorm, borderline thunderstorm. If I just didn't do my homework one day, you know, it like a thunderstorm. Yeah, um, it's it wasn't that common, but it did happen. You know, if I just like, I guess, didn't get the homework in on time. Like I said, I was like a super nerd. OK, so it really just didn't happen. Um. But yeah, no, no, I was just, I was so type A about it. So, you know, very, like I said, control's like one of my biggest shadows. Anyway, um, but yeah, so in a dream context, um, with the vessel and the storm, the dream, that specific iteration of the dream is highlighting, highlighting, it's just like a thunderstorm. Those like happen, you know, they're not always pleasant. You know, they might be kind of cool looking, but they might knock out the power. So, you know, we don't want to be, you know, doing that all the time, right? But then there was that iteration of the dream where I said, I missed school for three months and I don't know where I was or what I was doing. Um, that's a hurricane, okay? Because we just wouldn't get away with that, you know? I mean, not me at least. You know, maybe you miss a week of school and that's like one thing, but I like literally it was months have passed. And then I kind of just waltz back in there and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Number one, why hasn't anybody said anything about like where I've been? Nobody dragged me back to school. I just I haven't been here and I don't know what to do. Hurricane. OK, hurricane level. I don't even know. You probably wouldn't even graduate. You would probably have to do summer school. Like, I don't even know. Big problem. OK, so there are different and like I don't know if I've ever had like a stage five situation where it's like full blown chaos. I mean, maybe the missing three months of school is stage five and it like that's just irreparable. You know, what do you do? You know, like any, maybe those are like the stage four, stage fives where I'm like, 
I literally don't know how to fix this. There is no fixing this anymore. And then, for example, last night, for me, it wasn't like I didn't feel like I missed a ton of school. I, it was just very clear to me that I just I clearly hadn't read the textbook. And I, I, I was just behind because that sometimes happens during the dream, too, where I'm just like behind. And, you know, I'm not entirely sure, you know, what it is that I'm meant to be doing to catch up. But there was a sense of hope like I can't catch up, you know. So that's the vessel and the storm. What it says is, you know, dreams, especially ones that recur over time, can kind of be your compass. You know, they can tell you or not not, not like your compass, but you know what I mean? Kind of like your meter a little bit. You know, they can show you where you are within the storm once you really start to pay attention to your dreams and you pay attention to like, I guess, the severity of the situation and the storyline and what's going on and maybe how scared you feel on a scale of one to 10. I mean, I feel like the panic is like pretty consistent. But if you could do that, you know, you could say, you know, I was like mildly panicked in this dream. Um, And I would actually say, I think in this dream, I was less panicked in other dreams, because it's not only how you feel during the dream, but it's also how you feel when you wake up. So when I woke up, you know, I was like, oh, it wasn't real. You know, it wasn't, or it was, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? I wasn't like, there have been times where I literally woke up probably sweating and I was like, oh, thank you. It's not real. You know, like so much more relief, you know? So that could be something I could pay attention to. You know, what is the level of relief when I wake up because that does correspond to the amount of fear I felt when I was asleep. You know, I didn't wake up with that this morning because I went, the way I closed the dream was with some hope. So that's probably why I didn't wake up like sweating. Like, what do I do? Uh, Meanwhile, there have been dreams where there was kind of no resolution. It seemed like there was no hope. Um, It was beyond repair and I had no idea how to fix it. So very, very different. Um, But yeah, that's what recurring dreams can do to you do for you um, if you just pay attention to them. You know, they have so much information. You know, they can tell you where you are within the storm. They can probably also tell you how to heal the storm because I, like I said, the storm is a green, it's a member of the green family. So it does have a lot to do with healing. And again, the storm only calls attention. It's so chaotic and all you can kind of do is sit. You can't control the storm. You can't like do anything about that. Like it's here. But what you can do is you can sit with it and, heal it that way. You know, it it has your attention now. Like think of it as like an attention grabber. You know, it's the rain, the drizzle tried to catch your attention, the rain did, and then the thunderstorm, it tried. And sometimes you need a stage three hurricane to just like, you know, basically say, okay, need to pay attention to this now. So dreams can be vessels, you know, just in general for what it is that you might need to pay attention to you know, in your waking life in general, which I find, you know, so incredibly fascinating. So this, I mean, there's a lot specifically here about, you know, something that's like medicine for me, but there, this is a lot about how you treat your dreams in general. Um, and I love when sometimes dream aura healings have that layer of like, okay, this dream specifically can highlight a lot about you know, universal ancestral healing and how we pass, you know, fears onto one another. Um, And I think we're going to get to that now, actually. So perfect that I just brought that up. Yeah, let's do that now. So next up, we have the castle and the underworld. So yes, I literally just repeated it. um, But just in case, you know, that was a little confusing. Um, Remember what I said about the medallion and what it is that we pass onto one another? So like I said, this dream is a lot about 
fear. Okay. So let's just use fear. When I say fear, I mean like anxiety. I mean like the panic, that feeling, that feeling of fear. And so it's no surprise to me that the underworld, you know, has appeared in this dream. And I've interpreted the underworld in a bunch of different ways, but this dream is truly bringing out the more classic definition. You know, the underworld is like the shadow realm of like nightmares and fear, like literally your deepest fears. You know, the underworld is a little bit similar to the shadow, but this is literally if you had like a think of like a place that was just composed of all of your deepest fears, that's the underworld. Okay. I'm like imagining mine. I'm like itching. Just think about thinking about it because I like have some strange phobias and like, you know, I got my own fears because we're all human. Okay. So like, oh, you know. Um, I was talking to my friend last night and like they're really afraid of like spiders. I'm not really afraid of spiders. I'm like afraid of other things. Um, but spiders just isn't one of them. Um, and they were literally like their skin was like crawling just like thinking about it. Okay. If you're like cringing, you tapped into the underworld, you know, that's where again, our deepest fears, our deepest anxieties, you know, what we worry about, that's all within the underworld. And so what I find interesting about that within this dream, and by the way, the underworld is a part of the blue family. And again, the blue family is all about truth. It's number one, it is about your truth specifically, but it is about balancing your truth with the truth of everybody else. You know, it's very much like when blue is in its like lightest form and it's it's in its light, not its shadow. What blue can do is say, I have my truth and you have yours and I'm not going to judge yours. I'm going to hold space for yours and mine at the same time, even if they contradict. Okay, so that's like blue in its highest form. It's very non-judgmental. It's very non-dogmatic. You know, it's not fixed. It's not rigid. You know, it's unafraid to, you know, claim its own truth and then be able to hold space for the truth of other people. Okay, so back to the underworld a little bit as a part of the blue family and everything that I was saying about like fear and how we can pass on fear. What I'm picking up from the underworld right now is that it's very, 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 very important to pay attention to what fears really do belong to us. And then what is kind of being projected onto us or passed onto us by other people. Okay. So for example, silly example, my friend afraid of spiders, that's okay. You know, But what they didn't do was sit there and try and convince me why I should also be afraid of spiders, you know? It's a very simple example, but that's absolutely how it can go. And people don't realize that they're doing it, but they do, you know? So like, for example, I'm like, oh, I'm like really, I'm like cool with spiders, but anything with like more legs, I'm like, ugh, you know, like centipedes, ugh, you know? Um, You know, those really creep me out. I wouldn't say that's like in the underworld it, it doesn't classify as like my deepest fear, um, but I'm not trying to trigger anybody, you know, because you never know. Um, and we're just talking about like bugs. So this is like not that bad, but you know what I mean? It's like it's something like creeps me out, but it's not necessarily like my deepest fear. But here's what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't walk around, you know, saying I have this fear of like centipedes or whatever. You need to be f- scared as well, you know, and it's not it doesn't even have to be like that. It could be like, well, if somebody says I'm not afraid of that, well, I'm like, well, did you look at their legs and did you look at this? And like, what about when they do this and that is isn't that like so gross and like scary to you? I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to pass it on to anybody else, you know, 
I don't want to do that. That's not cool. You know, if they didn't have the fear, why are we giving them another one? You know, as humans, we have, you know, enough and more to worry about. We don't, we don't need other people passing on, you know, different things to us at any given time. But that was a silly example. So let me like um, give you like a real one, <laughs> really real one. Cause it's, you know, it's still 2020, you know, or maybe this might be released in 2021. I don't know. Um, but like, uh, the fear of being like alone, you know, or like abandonment or something like that, you know, that's also something that's like kind of common. Um, so let's say, um, I don't know, let's say I have that fear. Okay. You know, I probably do. That came up for a reason, right? Um, let's, yeah, let's do that. So yeah, let's just say I've got this, you know, very core fear of being alone or being abandoned, you know, in some way. I just, I have a lot of fear. I have a lot of anxiety around it. Um, and let, that's, let's just say for, you know, simple circumstances, simple, you know, example, that is mine. What I shouldn't do is wander around the earth, you know, to my friends and my family and my loved ones and convince them that if they are alone, they should be scared. You know, you know, 2020 has been incredibly isolating. So I was like, oh, that's kind of real. But like, oh, I don't know. Um, you know, there are some people that are like, I mean, I'm actually the opposite. I'm such an, I'm like literally doubly an introvert. I need a lot of alone time. And I know that's not the same thing. You know, needing alone time is not the same thing as, you know, a fear of being alone, but you know. Um, anyway, if I had that fear of being alone, especially like now where people are a lot more isolated, let's just say somebody was doing just fine. You know, um, 2020 has been interesting for all of us. You know, there are parts of it that absolutely sucked at some points. And then, you know, parts of it, you know, coming out of it, I'm like, you know, that wasn't so bad. And some of them I was like, wow, I'm actually, this was like the highlight of my year. I'm really excited for it. And for some people, you know, if during 2020, they really found, you know, the ability to really be alone and be on their own. And like, it's not like a fear for them. And like, maybe that's like my fear I shouldn't be trying to like pass that on to anybody else and say, well, because I have this fear of being alone, you should be too, you know, or like anything like that. And here's the thing. Here's where it gets so interesting. It's not always, it's not that obvious. You know, like I was saying with the medallion earlier, um, very simply put with like family, you know? So um, like, and this, I think that's where like the example gets, you know, very, it's like very easy with family because we can easily see like with our parents, like our parents, we've spent like, I mean, in some way or another, they are like a large influence in our lives. Even if like they weren't there, that's still influencing us in like some way, shape or another. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm very fortunate to have both of my parents, you know, both of them are alive, both of them are healthy, you know, um, and they shaped me, you know? just like they would anybody else. Um, but again, here's where it get, it, does, it does get interesting. Um, sometimes, I mean, not sometimes, like values, you know, like I said, the medallion isn't just about items. Um, it can be like patterns of like thinking or beliefs or values. So for example, in my family, um, doing something that like, and this is not to say this isn't like and it really just depends on your family. It's not to say that like this isn't like a value in other families. I know it seems like very, very um, general. Um, I'll, I'll just say it anyway. So like in my family, a really big value 
um, in my family is having like a career and something that you are extremely passionate about. And that's what matters the most. And I mean, I know where that comes from, you know, speaking of like ancestral healing in the most basic sense. Um, both of my parents worked extremely hard to have everything that they have. You know, one of them um, didn't even live in America. You know, um, she her family came from a different, totally different country. Well, I guess I was like, why am I like not saying it? Um, my mom's side of the family came from like Jamaica, you know. Um, they came from Jamaica, uh, moved, uh, came over to Canada. And then my mom came to the States, you know, much later in her life. Um, that's a little bit of my family's history, you know. Um, but either way, both of my parents, for example, worked extremely hard for literally every last thing that they have. Nothing was handed to them, blah, blah, blah. Um, not like that, but like, you know what I mean, you know, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so on. You know, I don't have to like repeat that entire story to you. You get it, right? Um, so for them, you know, their saving grace or, you know, something that's very valuable to them, something that, you know, propelled them to be as successful as they are and to really shift their lives was absolutely their careers, you know? Um, very proud of my parents. My parents are both incredibly successful and, you know, they built that on their own. So that's a value of theirs, you know? That's like something that's just like woven into everything that they talk about. Um, and again, it seems like, well, wait a minute, that's not so specific. You know, my parents value that too. Okay, but here's the difference. You know, we all value that on some level. It's a very human thing to, you know, want to do something that you're passionate about, want, you know, want to like find your career. Like that does, it matters to everybody, but there is a heavy emphasis on that in my family. So let me give you another example um, because it's like my favorite one because it does highlight how like we all have, we might have similar values, but just not with the same emphasis. So my, like my closest friend here, um, from my hometown, her family really values like re like relationships and family. So it's not that they don't value like career as well. Of course, they want all their kids to, you know, be independent, you know, be self self-sufficient, you know, sus oh, <laughs> a lot of S's, sorry, um, self-sufficient, self self-sustainable, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, of course they want that for their kids. They want that independence, right? That's important. What's really, really important and what has been like, there's been an emphasis on starting your own family, finding a relationship and starting your own family. I've definitely talked about this on a podcast episode, um, but it, it's so relevant here again. So, um, you know, the holidays, they've kind of passed by now. The holidays were very different this year because, you know, I personally couldn't see a lot of my family. So um, let's just say like holidays, like before 2020, you know? before a pandemic. A lot of my friends, um, I would hear so many stories about how either they were a little bit anxious to see their families because, you know, they knew their families would ask, uh, are you in a relationship? You know, are you in a long-term relationship? How's like dating going? Like, why aren't you in a relationship? Whatever. And I literally didn't get it because never in my life have I ever gone to like a family like event or like a family like holiday like gathering, no one has ever asked me about my relationships in the past. They've always asked me, what are you doing for work? What, or like even in college, like what's your, how is university going? You know, and those are all normal questions, but that was the emphasis, you know? Um, it was always about like, what internships are you applying for? You know, blah, blah, blah. Never about relationships. And it's not that that's not, I mean, might be a little bit of a different value, you know? My family is not 
uh, it's not like your typical nuclear family by any means. Um, but the, I mean, we all, again, we all value like to at to some degree, you know, relationship and like career, et cetera. And if you dig deeper, then you kind of find, again, kind of going back to the message of the poet, you know, the world is simultaneously personal and impersonal. We all value, you know, um, career independence work, you know, um, supporting ourselves in one way or another. We all value like relationships and creating our own families in some way or another, more or lesser to what degree doesn't matter. Um, we all have them. So it is impersonal, but it is per- it is simultaneously personal depending on how you do value it. Um, so that's like the, that's just an example of the medallion of how, you know, again, we can all share similar values as humans because we are all human beings But the way in which, okay, so this is where I'm going to get a little bit more specific. So like I said, um, the medallion, my family, you know, my family career, very, very important, right? So this and this, again, this aura reading is surrounded by fear. So because career is very, very important in my family, for example, and this is why, like, I like the contrast a lot. I've never been afraid of not, you know, finding a relationship. Even when I've, like, been single or whatever, I'm just like, it comes when it comes. It comes at the right time. Um, for example, I talked about this in, like, the previous, I, I recorded another full moon or a healing episode this week where I talked about this. Um, I was, like, kind of in a relationship on and off thing for years. Finally, you know, set some boundaries and was like, this isn't healthy anymore. Um, at the beginning of 2020 before the pandemic. Um, and then, you know, throughout 2020, you know, I got the, basically the privilege and the opportunity to spend a lot of time with my soul, my spirit, um, and really learn more about that and really spend a lot of time alone. Um, and see, this is what's so interesting to me. Not once was I worried. I'm never going to find anybody ever again. I was like, I know I will. I don't know when, not really. Um, because I don't see into the future like that, you know, (laughs) as far as I know. Um, But I was just like, it comes when it comes, you know. Um, I'm glad that I'm cool, like being alone and, you know, all that great stuff and that I get the opportunity to really know myself in a way that I haven't before. And then I'm open to a relationship whenever it comes. You know what? It does when it does. And then out of the woodwork, I have a partner now, you know. Um, And it kind of came out of nowhere, wasn't looking, um, I love him so much, you know, and, but here's the thing. I was never worried about that, but here's what I was worried about. Cause if you were like, well, wait a minute, like you can't tell me you're never worried about anything. Um, absolutely. I am. That's the whole point of this dream. Um, all that time that I was not worrying about, because again, that's not, and this is where the medallion comes in. Partnership has never, it's not really a huge emphasis on my family. So it doesn't surprise me that even, you know, when I ended things with a previous partner and I was alone for a while, probably the longest I've ever been alone, you know, since I started dating, you know, as like a teenager, you know, this is longest I've I've been truly alone, like out of a relationship, you know, no like side texting anybody, literally nothing. That was the longest. And I wasn't worried about it literally for a minute. You know, anytime I was like, hmm, I wonder when I'll be in a relationship. I was like, you know what? It happens when it happens. I'm not worried about it. And that to me, I realized, wow, literally that did not worry me for one second because it's never been emphasized, you know, in my family. However, 
you know what I was worried about for like the past year career uh work trying to figure that out um so every single moment and this and this is why I was like you know what I know this dream does ultimately tie into you know career work passion you know whatever it is that you want to do with your life ultimately it does tie into that but it does run a lot deeper than that and I didn't make that connection this morning but I was like you know what just start talking about it and it'll come through when it comes through right now it's coming through so perfect I knew that this had to do you know on a surface level with you know career path and everything else because like I said I wasn't worried about relationships but this this tripped me up all year, you know, especially with 2020 and things, you know, not being and this just being like unprecedented times that really worried me. And I was like, I don't know what to do, you know, even like corresponding to, you know, going back to the dream a little bit, you know, to those moments in the dream where I was like, I've been out of school for three months. I didn't study for the exam. I didn't I didn't read about the book. I didn't even know about the book. What do I do? You know, those moments of just being stuck. And it has a lot to do with, you know, not only like career and stuff in my personal life, then it has, it does also have a lot to do with, you know, my relationship with my parents, ancestral healing. So I'm glad that it's all like kind of coming together because I think when people think ancestral healing, and this goes back to, you know, the medallion and gnosis, they think it's like your great grandparents or your great, 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 great grandparents, you know, it's anybody that came before you. And then, you know, with gnosis in there, and, you know, if I'm really following my knowing, it also has to do with, you know, those who will come after you. But that's like a whole separate thing, you know. Um, but there's because the way I view ancestral healing is, again, it's anybody that came before you. But it's not only but you will be somebody else's ancestor. And you know what? You are already somebody else's like, I guess, ancestor. You're always passing different things on to different people. Also, if you choose to start a family ever you will pass on different things, you know, to your children, just, you know, for that linear perspective. So I can't wait to take a deep dive, you know, into, you know, what I think about ancestral healing once I'm kind of done recording this podcast episode. Um, but yes, back to the medicine of the dream and literally everything that I was saying. Oh, yes. So um, like I was saying earlier when I was comparing it, so me... I and so I'm just using me and my friend as like parallels because we are such direct opposites. I've been tripping about like career, not only this year, but like trying because like, I mean, even when I found a job, I'm like, this doesn't feel right. And I'm just like, you know what I mean? And I felt like even when I was in that job, I was like, I feel like I'm missing something still. You know, I was like, I always thought and this is like a good example. But I always thought um, when I got that position, I would be like, I I'll feel fine. And you know what? I actually was having this conversation with somebody last night. I'm the same person we were talking about, like, kind of, you know, just thoughts, having the power to literally keep you up until 5 a.m. And I was like, nah, dude, I sleep like a rock. Um, Not like that, because that's really horribly insensitive because I, I feel so bad. You know, I just literally, if I don't fall asleep within 10 minutes, I'm like, something's wrong. Okay. That's how fast I fall asleep. Not so much lately, but like, you know, um, when things were a little bit more normal and like I was more tired and more busy. Okay. You don't need to know all that, but, um, <laughs> we can just get back to this a little bit. Um, but yeah, when we were talking last night, um, we were talking about just in general, and this is like, a, I mean, not to get too specific, but this is something that we've all experienced as well. I've experienced it. So, you know what? I can talk about it. Um, 
just this feeling like everything looks good on paper. Oh, this is so basic. Everything looks good on paper, but why do I still feel like something's missing? Or why do I still feel unhappy? Or why this or why that? And, you know, when they asked me, well, because I was like, I get it. I felt the same way. And, you know, I'm sure I sometimes still do. And they were like, well, what changed? And I was like, this is the most annoying answer ever. But I was like, God changed. You know, God really changed that for me. You know, creation, source, spirit, the universe, that really changed that for me. Developing my own relationship with God changed that for me, you know, and so on. And I feel like that's such an annoying answer because it's so mysterious and so intangible. It's like, what are you going to do? Just tell people that they need God in their life? I don't believe in that. I believe in, you know, finding out, you know, really investigating and figuring out, you know, what it is that you can do for yourself, you know, what it is that you can do to support yourself, et cetera. It doesn't have to be God. It doesn't have to be creation. It doesn't have to be connecting to your spirit allies or opening your third eye or looking at auras or astrology. It doesn't have to be any of that. It could literally be anything, but that's besides the point. So back to the medallion. So, you know, for me, like I said, tripping about career this entire year and for probably the past couple of years, I've had this dream, to be honest, because that's something I think that I've always been afraid to say, you know, that's something that I really want, you know, having something that I'm like building a life that I'm proud of building, you know, a career that I'm proud of, you know, that's something that I feel like I'm missing. And it's like, you know, it's been like an interesting, you know, I guess I was gonna say journey, but whatever, um, you know, figuring that out for myself. So that was me all year. You know, I feel like 2020, you know, just with like the underworld, it brought out, you know, because I spent a lot of time alone. Okay. You know, very isolated, you know, cause pandemic, you know, we don't want to spread it to one another. I spent a lot of time alone, a lot of time with my shadows, a lot of time in the underworld, just like poking around, um, and like being like, okay, this is my deepest fear here. You know, this is my, you know, fear there, you know, whatever. And I find it interesting that parallel to that, you know, my friend wasn't worried about Korea at all. You know, she has a stable job, you know, she has had it for like, I think a couple of years now. Um, that's never been a worry for her. I mean, it has been to a certain extent, but like not really what really got her this year was romantic relationships. And like I said, you know, I never want to like give any like personal information because that's not fair, but this is like general enough where I'm like, everybody can relate on some level. And so what the medallion always reminds me is that with respect to like fear and anxiety and panic in the larger sense, everybody has something, okay? Everybody has something that they might, you know, have some fear surrounding because we are human. But the medallion brings this layer of, is this fear really yours and what aspects of it are, you know, because let me tell you something. I get it. You know, my parents are like <laughs> definitely like worried about me. Like, let's be honest, um, because that is a big value of theirs. And it's like it's think of it as like a box. You know, I hate saying this, but for me, I feel like I mean, they kind of see it as like a box. I just haven't checked off yet, you know. So, of course, you know, if I like if I get it, you know, if I had children, um, never had children, so I can't, you know, fully, you know, possibly, you know, empathize or understand, you know, completely, you know, but if I had children and I had a value and I'm like, I see how much this value in this case, career for both of them, they've seen how much career has, you know, changed their entire lives, has helped them, you know, come into themselves, has helped them become, you know, more independent, more self-sufficient, more self-sustainable. Oh, I did it that time instead of tripping over my S's, you know, it's done a lot for them. And they probably just want to see the same for me too. So of course they're worried. 
But that's, you know, the medallion and the fear, it's kind of like, and I've noticed this, and this is where you have to do your due, you have to do your due diligence. You have to do your due diligence. Yeah, there we go. Um, Just in terms of, you know, again, really checking in and saying, you know what, this fear is mine, but that's not, you know? So for example, my parents being worried, I haven't checked off that box yet. I can have like a healthy, like, I guess, fear surrounding it, but I don't need to take on theirs too, you know? And that's what the medallion asks us to do. You know, it's normal to want career. It's normal to want romantic relationships. It's normal to want friendships. It's more, it's normal to want to build your own family. It's normal to want X. It's normal to want Y. It's normal to want Z. It's normal to want to be healthy. It's normal to want all of these human things. But what we don't need to do, because this like dream, it's like excessive, you know, it's excessive anxiety. It's excessive fear. You know, fear, again, it's like a human emotion and it's, it, it's just, it's a part of the spectrum of being human. Um, and that's Eros a little bit. So, um, but I'll talk about that in like a second. Um, Eros as an initiation card, it's um, in the Violet family. It has a lot to do with embracing really what it means to be human. Fear is a part of being human. There is no eliminating fear. But, you know, boundaries, you know, there is a card that is all about boundaries that is a part of the Violet family. Um, not in this aura, but this, it kind of, it does relate because the medallion is in its own way, kind of like a boundaries card. You don't need to absorb anybody else's excessive fear. And that helps you to get clear. So speaking of getting clear, now we have the castle and then we'll move into Eros a little bit. So the castle asks you to reevaluate what is it that you want to create? How is it that you want to create it? And like, why? So it's like, who, what, when, where, why of like, I guess, manifestation, creation, whatever it is that you want to call it. Um, That's the castle. And what the castle does, so castles, you know what, they're super glamorous. Um, You know, and what's interesting about the castle is, you know, from the outside, ideally, everybody would want to live in a castle, you know, like I said, super glamorous, like, beautifully beautiful architecture looks like wow that would be a dream to live in right um eh, well you don't know you know and so the castle is like the card of you know something might look you know super pretty and super shiny and like so desirable on the outside but then once you get to the inside it might not be what you thought and so what the castle does is it asks you to really get clear on what it is that you're actually striving for. You know, what is it like how like what is it that like wealth, success, like things like abundance, like what does that really mean to you? You know, just it literally just asks you the question. It's very, very clear. What is it that you really, really want to create and making sure that does come from you? So the castle and the medallion it's kind of like, like I said, the medallion, a lot of ancestral healing, green family healing. You need to kind of heal that first and kind of, you know, separate, you know, basically kind of like, in my sense, what are my dreams versus my parents? Or, you know, in terms of like career and like what it is that I want to do. Or for my friend, you know, separating and like kind of separating herself from her fear of her parents, you know, because again, for her, like, you know, at one point she's in a relationship now, but I'm thinking of like, you know, during 2020 when we were kind of running parallel to one another, you know, we both had our fears. We both had our anxieties. 
We both had a box. We just didn't check off quite yet. Um, and that was her box, you know? And it, and like I said, the castle plus the medallion, it's not saying that you can't want a career or you can't want like a romantic relationship. And I know those are such basic examples, but it's something everybody can relate to at some point, right? You know, one of the two, one of the two, at least. It's not saying that you can't want that, but it's saying, you know, really reconnect. You have the opportunity to really be creative here and really reconnect to why you want it and what it is that you really want. So in her case, it wouldn't be about saying, it could be about asking, do I really want a relationship? Do I want a relationship with this kind of person? Do I really want this now? And what it could really be is just, you know, making sure that something isn't created out of fear. Okay. So that's especially important with like the castle, you know, being in conjunction with the underworld. Again, the underworld really, you know, invites us to pay attention to and really face, you know, our deepest shadows, our deepest fears, you know, our deepest anxieties, you know, whatever. Um, That's the underworld. You know, it asks you to come under and like kind of shed light, you know, in the spirit of blue and like truth, you know, really integrating those so you can really understand your personal truth. And then the castle the castle is a part of the orange family. Orange does have a lot to do with co-creation, etc. So basically the castle in the underworld, making sure that you are not creating from a place of fear. And I feel like that's something that is also just so mainstream, but it could not be more true. You know, could you imagine, you know, and I've like seen this before in like tons of people, like it's not like even me, you know, for example, um, just to keep the example going, you know, the last position I had, it was absolutely like kind of fear-based. It was a little, it was like a little bit of both. It was like, I was getting there. I was making progress. Um, but I was so nervous, you know, I was nervous about not checking off the box. I was nervous that my parents were nervous for me, a lot of nervousness and a lot of fear running around. Um, so, and what I really needed was to take a look at the castle in the underworld, like and really understand, wow, I was really creating that from fear. And then look how that turned out, you know? Um, so that's what the castle does. It asks you to like get very, very clear on what is it that you really want? It's not about like, you know, you know, clear, like, of course, like I just, I said earlier, like career is very important to me, but getting clear on why it is important to me, you know? And again, basically like, so for my specific example with the castle in the underworld, not just getting into something because uh, my parents will stop being fearful and transferring that fear to me and then I can check off that box and everything's, you know, all hunky-dory and happy again. No, you know? Um, And I get to, and like, here's the other thing. I get to say this, you know, because I am in a place where, you know, my parents, I I can be with them during the pandemic, you know? Again, uh, 2020, very, very interesting, um, overall on the whole. Um, of course, you know, at the time, you know, when I was like going to move to China, that didn't really work. Um, but I was, yeah, I was going to move, you know, out of the country. And then I was like, wait a minute, can't do that. So I moved home instead. I get to move home. You know, I get, I am so lucky enough to have parents that I get to move home too, you know, and that I can like be in their home, you know? So that just like needs to be said, Um, because, you know, there was 2020 was like a wreck. Okay. It was, I don't even know. Like I've heard people refer to it as a dumpster fire of a year. I don't know how 2021 is going to be, to be honest. You know, I don't really know what's going to happen. Um, but 
if anything, being at home, being at home alone has really helped, you know, in terms of just exploring the medallion and exploring um, the castle and really, and for me, I get the privilege, the honor and the privilege to really be able to take the time to really reevaluate and say, you know, just make sure that whatever I'm creating isn't out of fear. That's a lot that I was saying. You know, I get the privilege of being here and I get the privilege to ask these questions and I get the privilege to basically be like, you know, I have the opportunity to not create my life from fear. What am I going to do with that privilege? You know what I mean? So let me say that again. I have the unique opportunity where I was able to come home to my parents during the pandemic. And was it like on an ego level? Was it ideal? No, but I do have the unique privilege to really reevaluate a lot of my family's history and a lot of relationships, you know, that I have within my family and really explore all of these different dimensions of ancestral healing. I have the opportunity. Don't waste it. Do not waste it. You know, and that's what the castle in the underworld is. I have the opportunity to be here with the medallion. I have the opportunity to be here. And I have the opportunity to do this now to make sure I'm not creating anything, relationships, career-wise, like whatever, anything in my life out of fear. Take that opportunity, take that privilege, run with it and see where it goes. Don't ignore it. So that's just my spiel on that because I fully recognize not everybody gets to do that. And, you know, the castle, there's a lot of different dimensions to the castle, like a lot of different rooms and hallways that, you know, so to speak, you know, just sticking to the metaphor that you could explore a lot of the castle, um, the castle has a lot to do with like redefining manifestation in general. Um, and I've had this conversation during the orange episode. If you want to go listen to that. I'm so glad I did that so I can just like reference episodes now. Um, but yeah, for introduction to aura colors, if you look at the orange episode, I did a lot on like, you know, manifestation. What does that word really mean? You know, how can it be used to, you know, empower and disempower people? How... When you use the words like manifestation, co-creation, you really need to take into account, you know, the stories of privilege that do occur, you know, on this planet, you know, with everything that had been happening, you know, um, I, I, I literally talked about this all during that episode, how I was really proud that like, and really happy that, you know, during like the Black Lives Matter movement and everything like that, you know, during that point in 2020, when the world was on fire in that way. Um, people really started to take a look, you know, when they said things like manifestation and stuff like that. And I go into this whole deep dive about like co-creation, what that means to me. So if you want to hear about more about that, look at that episode. Okay, perfect. So now we have Eros. So we've had quite the journey here so far. You know, we've found that this dream, this like fear and anxiety dream. And like I said, dreams are what to me, what they really can be, you know, at least in my experience is a reflection of, you know, subconscious or unconscious, you know, emotions that you're not paying attention to, you know, and that's the vessel and the storm. So dreams are very much a vessel for, you know, the storm that's brewing, you know, what it is that you're not paying attention to. And in my case, this is directly connected to a lot of ancestral healing you know, with the medallion and, you know, I get to it. And as I'm like going through this dream, I'm like exploring, you know, what does ancestral healing really mean to me? And I can't wait to do more of that. Um, so there's been a lot in here. And then there's the castle in the underworld, you know, recognizing that we all have an underworld, you know, we all have shadows, we all have fears, we all have anxieties, you know, but what's your relationship with them? Are you going to go down there? Are you going to face them? And are you going to own them? And are you going to integrate them, you know, into your own truth, you know, a little bit of bloom, 
And how are you going to, you know, let that shift how you create your life? And so Eros, as a part of the Violet family, has a lot to do with owning and celebrating, you know, the fact that we are all human beings. So everything that I'm talking about now, it's nothing to be afraid of, you know, and it's nothing that like, it's nothing that, you know, people don't go through, like the poet, personal and impersonal at the same time. We are all human. You know, we all have this like human experience. You know, it's not, um, it's unique to us, but it's also not. You know, we all share this one human experience together. So that's Eros is, you know, embracing the fact that you do. So Violet is all about embracing, you know, our relationships with God, source, creation, or just yourself. You know, um, I say just yourself, like it's less important. No, it's it's the same. You know, God, source, creation, yourself, unconditional love. Um, that's what Violet is. It's embracing that very unique relationship and how you channel from yourself or how you channel yourself, you channel your being, you channel God, you channel creation, you channel spirit, etc. That's Violet, you know? And Eros, within the Violet family, Eros grounds the Violet family in a very beautiful way. Again, Eros is just celebrating everything that hum- just this ex- beautiful experience of humanity has to offer, you know, even like the mysterious parts. And so in this context, it has to do with like the dream, you know? embracing the fact that, you know, we all have these beautiful dreams that we can all interact with. You know, we can all learn from dreaming as a part of being human, you know, embracing the fact that like, even though it can be uncomfortable at times, fear is also human, you know? So like the storm in the underworld, you know, I guess not super pretty, like super rosy cards, but all of these archetypes are a part of the spectrum of being human. And that's arrows, you know, that's like embracing, you know, um, just the different parts of being human. And then we have the threshold. So when I was originally, so a long time ago, when I first got the deck and I was first like just pulling cards for random things, I actually pulled the threshold. The threshold came through for this dream and the threshold is connected to, it's the liminal space. So it's kind of like when you're moving between realities. So The threshold is another, it's a beautiful um, transformation card. What it asks you to do is, okay, so at any point, you know, any point, and I've found this before, but any point where I feel like I understand myself or I just like, I'm like, I, I, (laughs) anytime I mistakenly like, or I used to be like in the past, I think I understand myself now. Um, Yeah, not so much. So what the threshold asks you to do, and then, yeah, so what the threshold asks you to do is anytime you think that you understand you or you have like a grasp or like a grip on, you know, who you are and like whatever you're doing, essentially the threshold asks you to let that go in order to be ready to really fully embody the next iteration, the next version of yourself. The threshold invites you to move into a new reality And the threshold is a beautiful card. It is a part of the magenta family. And magenta, I feel like this, oh, you know, this might be out before magenta is released. Um, Magenta is all about unconditional love. You know, it's all about, it, it just carries this theme of, you know, the cycle of love and falling in love in some way. So in the threshold case, it has a lot to do with you know, releasing your old self with compassion and acceptance 
and then, you know, being ready to fall in love with the new version of yourself, you know, so that's the threshold. And when you're in the threshold, you're kind of in the liminal and in, and the liminal is simply like the in-between. It's a very liminal card. So this dream, every single time this dream has come up, I'm like, the threshold's energy is here. It means that, you know, I'm in a space right now where, yes, I thought I was doing, I thought I was doing this. I thought I was doing X, Y, Z, whatever. So anytime I have this dream, I'm like, it's time to move into a new reality. You know, it's time for something to change. And I don't know what it is, you know, necessarily, but anytime I have this dream, and this is why I always pay attention to what, what is happening in the dream. And this is what I said earlier about how different things in the dream reflect, you know, how things are going in my waking life. So for instance, right before I fell asleep last night, you know, I was a little bit worried and you know, with the full moon, it was very bright, you know, just keeping me up. Um, very beautiful moon, but yeah, I was just, you know, sitting there, you know, just with myself for a while before I eventually drifted off to sleep. And I was thinking a lot about ancestral healing and, you know, how that was impacting my relationships. And, you know, after like a little bit, I was just like a big ball of anxiety. But right before the last thought I had literally right before I fell asleep was I was like, it's going to be okay. And that was it. You know, sometimes that's all I need is like anytime I get all riled up or literally I wind myself up and I make myself worry about, you know, things that are just so far beyond my control. Sometimes all I need to do is tell myself it'll all be okay. And that's when I fell asleep. And that corresponds to the part in the dream that I literally has never happened before. I told you earlier um, when the teacher was like, okay, everybody, everybody that didn't do the homework, just turn it in by the end of the day. And that's never happened before. And this is the second time this has happened where I was like, you know what? I can figure this out. You know, I was like looking at the textbook and I was like, this isn't actually as bad. You know, it still looked like gibberish, but I just had this feeling. I had this feeling of it will be okay. And I can figure this out. And there's something that I can do about this, you know? So that's the threshold. You know, anytime that there's hope at the end of the dream or where, you know, I, or maybe I choose not to copy off of somebody else, because like I said, that never works. Um, so in the, by the way, going back to the medallion, it's not simply about like, I mean, I did say a lot about, you know, you know, shifting the way we un understand ancestral healing and not copying anybody else's like definition or interpretation. There's a little bit of that. Yes. But I think I've talked enough about the medallion where you understand now that copying off of other people, basically, you know, copying off of other people, absorbing their fears, absorbing their anxieties without checking, you know, because like I said, I just started copying down this girl's work and I didn't even do my own investigation. I didn't like look and say, uh, I didn't even question. I wasn't just like, well, wait a minute. Are you even like, are you smart? Like, <laughs> are you good at math? Like, do you know what's going on? I just kind of assumed everybody else around me knew what was going on except for me because I was like, I'm the only one that hasn't done the homework, you know? And I was like, what else am I going to do? Like, I can't learn it by myself. You know, that was kind of the feeling. And then when I look at the textbook and I'm like, I can pick this up. I can do this before the end of the day. I'll make it work. I'll just, I'll make it work. And the plans, you know, started spinning along and I was like, I can do this, you know? All of that, the ending of the dream was 100% reflective 
of my last thought before I fell asleep. And so it very much, it's a parallel. You know, I was worried about a bunch of things, you know, before I was like going to bed. Sometimes I do that to myself. I'm like, I'm going to try and solve all my problems when I, right before I go to bed or right before I wake up. And you know what? I have heard this before and I didn't even think about this. Um, when I think oh, someone told me this about dreams, um, that you can set an intention for your dreams and say, you know what? Um, like if you just say to, you know, whatever it is that you believe in. So if you say to the spirit of the dream, or if you say to like your spirit guides or your animal allies or whatever it is, you know, your, whatever your guardians, your angels, if you say, Hey, all right, I, uh, I got this thing I'm like worried about here. Can you send me some messages in my dreams and then we can work it out while I'm asleep? You can do that. You know, and I didn't even realize that that's basically what I was setting my intention. You know, I didn't realize that those moments, you know, that I right before I fell asleep, they were so crucial and that I was basically setting up my intentions for the dream. And, you know, basically what I was asking, you know, the dream to do, you know, without, you know, being I wasn't super intentional about it. So now I can like be more aware. And that's something else I can like focus on. I was basically asking the dream, help me heal this you know, help me heal or, you know, while I'm asleep, help me heal, you know, whatever it is that I'm thinking about now, you know, just whatever it is, you know, I'll, I'll get the message. You know, that's basically what I was like saying, you know, when I was like worrying about whatever I was worrying about. And then I kind of fell asleep once I realized, you know what, everything will be okay. I was basically setting the intention and saying, you know, just help, in my dreams tonight, just like help me heal whatever I need to heal. And then I I know I'll be okay. I, I know I'll like figure out the medicine, you know? Um, so dreams are incredibly powerful in that way too. But yeah, when I cross thresholds like that, when I'm not, so that was just like a direct example, you know, instead of just sitting there worrying about it and then like worrying myself to sleep, I was like, it'll be okay. Trust, you know? And then of course I wake up and I'm like, I had the dream again. Let's look at the aura. And now I'm here recording this episode with you. So sometimes, okay. Oh, okay. Perfect. And that's a perfect segue into the shaman. So the shaman, and I've said this before, the shaman is an archetype people. Okay. This is not about, you know, going out and like being a shaman and disrespecting, you know, a bunch of cultures and lineages um, and people that actually do study shamanism. No, the shaman, it's strictly as an archetype. Okay. All right, end of disclaimer there. So the shaman is a beautiful archetype. Um, the shaman is actually made up of three archetypes. And I say this every single time the shaman occurs in an aura. It's made of the mentor. So the mentor, oh, I guess it's kind of hidden in here. I said earlier that the mentor wasn't in this aura, but it is. Okay, so the shaman has, uh, the mentor is kind of connected to gnosis. So what the shaman, the shaman is connected to the mentor because the mentor teaches us how to learn from spirit, you know, and the shaman is very skilled at, you know, learning from the world around it. You know, it understands that everything is a vessel for spirit. Everything is its teacher. So that's the mentor within the shaman. And then we have the healer. So the shaman, so the healer within the shaman the healer is the part of us that remembers. It remembers who we are. And this actually does connect to the womb a little bit. Remember all the way in the beginning when I was talking about the womb and like considering the beginning beyond the beginning, the mother beyond the mother, our birth stories, where we come from. And you know what? I don't know if I emphasized this enough before. The medallion 
gnosis and the womb all together, that's a really special combination. Because what that's saying is, you know, my definition of the womb or the way that I answer the womb's question of where do we come from, we all come from source, influences my unique understanding of ancestral healing. So that's the medallion and gnosis. But um, yeah, so the shaman is uh, connected to the healer. The healer is within the shaman. The healer is the part of us that remembers who we are. You know, and that depends on, you know, how you answer the womb's question. So for me, um, the healer, remembering who you are, that's remembering who you are as spirit, as a soul, as an expression of God, as an expression of creation, as unconditional love, that's returning to the truth of who you are. That's remembering who you are and very connected to the womb. Last, uh, finally, um, we have the unseen. And that's a big part of the shaman too. So the shaman is not just about, you know, everything around me on this physical plane is like a teacher. Um, and, you know, everything around me on this physical plane, you know, helps me to remember who I am and I'm here to re- help them remember who they are, etc. The shaman is also the bridge between the seen and unseen realms. So the unseen, very beautiful, very dynamic energy. It's not in this aura, so I'm not going to like focus too, too much on it. Um, but the unseen essentially is, you know, we all have our own relationships with the unseen. Some of us connect to the unseen with our ancestors, our spirit allies, our animal allies, um, my spirit babies, my spirit family, you know. Other extra dimensional beings, angels, extraterrestrials, you know, those are all manifestations, you know, emanations, expressions, embodiments of the unseen. And by the way, even if, and so everybody has a relationship with the unseen. Even if you're like, none of that exists, that's still a relationship with the unseen. You know what I mean? Even if you're like, I don't believe in it, it's not for me, that's your understanding. That's your relationship with the unseen, which is cool. So the shaman is made of all three of those things, all three of those archetypes, all three of those core energies. And what I love about the shaman is that the shaman is just so powerful to me. You know, the shaman, very much like everything that's happening in the dream, like, so, okay, for example, let's just take the dream through the shaman's like trio. So what does the dream do? The dream, the aura of the dream, um, it's taught us how dreams can be our teacher. That's the mentor's energy within the shaman. Um, The dream has been, the aura of the dream has been incredibly healing. That's the healer within the dream. And it also has, you know, with the womb, especially, and like everything about ancestral healing, it's helped me kind of return to the truth of unconditional love inside of me. So the dream has been very healing with the healer. And then the dream also has helped me to transform my relationship with yet another element of the unseen. So again, the unseen isn't just like your spirit allies and like your angels. It's also, you know, your dreams you know, it's your visions, it's your downloads, it's all of that. And so what the shaman does is it understands, again, how you learn from everything, how you can heal from everything, how everything is medicine. And it especially teaches you how to tap in to the unseen, unconditional love within everything, you know? So even if, let's just say, um, I mean, this is about a dream, but I've talked a lot about people and like ancestral healing. So let's just say my mom, you know, for example, because I mentioned her, right? My mom and my dad, you know, not picking on either one of them specifically, 
um, like I said, they both value career. So the shaman knows how to look at, like, let's just say my mom and say, you know, there's so much to learn from my mom with the mentor. You know, my mom can remind me a lot about who I am with the healer and can provide a lot of medicine. And then there's the unseen. And this is, and this is where it gets so cool because your relationship with the unseen in the same way that your relationship with creation, in the same way that your relationship with God source, you know, that shapes how you see the, how you interact with the unseen within everybody. So for me, um, I believe everything, everyone has a soul, has a spirit. So like they're like this dream, it has a spirit. Like there's a spirit of this dream, for example. And so the shaman would say, okay, with my mom, for example, I know how to, you know, there's a lot to learn from my mom with the mentor. There's a lot of healing that can be done, you know, with the healer with respect to my mother. And also, you know, learning how to tap into the unconditional love, the unseen aspect of my mother and how is that a guide as well, you know, and tapping into, you know, her soul, her spirit, you know, on that level, that's the unseen. And the shaman just weaves those three archetypes and those three energies together in such a beautiful way, you know? It under, like, and going back to the dream, because that's, you know, what we're looking at here. You know, it knows how to soak in the wisdom and the healing and the information from the dream. And then the dream as its own, you know, unseen entity, you know, it recognizes, it sees, and it honors the unconditional love within the dream. And again, the unseen is, um, it's in the green family. And I guess I am dipping into the unseen a little bit. Um, it, it's incredibly healing to know your relationship with the unseen because again, that informs a lot, you know? So for me, a lot of this dream, there's so, so the unseen for me, the unseen within everybody is the unconditional love within everybody. And there is unconditional love and thus unconditional healing, you know, that can come from this dream that we have been tapping into. So that's a shaman. It's a very beautiful card. And I love that this is in kind of the last two cards. Um, what is it of this aura? Because it, it really does wrap everything together. It basically says, you know, you know, this has been so informative, so healing, and it has revealed to me yet again how there is unconditional love everywhere. And then finally, finally, we have the self. And the self is a beautiful card. It it's a part of the opal family. So opal essence rainbow. Um, very quickly, I'm not sure if, yeah, I don't think that episode is going to be released before this episode. So I'll talk about it. Um, basically, it integrates all of the other aura, aura colors. And it's all about, you know, our multidimensional, you know, soul's radiance. You know, that's opal. It's all about, you know, our soul's multidimensional beauty and vibrance and vitality and expressing a very full, you know, basically just being in full expression of ourselves, full expression of our spirit. So that's opal, opal essence and rainbow. And what I love about the self being in this aura specifically is, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's been a lot of medicine just coming through for me personally you know, from this dream about really owning the different dimensions and different aspects of yourself and not being afraid of any of them. So that's kind of the underworld um, at play there. And a little bit of the storm, because like I said, this is a recurring dream, okay? This dream has occurred in so many different variations just across the years. 
And I love that the storm appeared in this aura because what it reflects is, you know, sometimes I do a good job of like paying attention and then uh, it's just something I need to be aware of. Like I said, um, kind of with Eros, you know, anxiety, fear, that's all normal. It's all human, you know, and that's like a good example of the self too, you know, owning your, yes, the multidimensionality of your soul, but also owning the multidimensionality and the full spectrum, you know, that lies within us of this, you know, full human experience. You know what I mean? So this is what dreams do. You know, if you really, and this is the shaman in the self, because what the shaman does, you know, as it integrates, integrates, yes, integrates um, the medicine of the mentor, the healer, um, and the unseen, Ultimately, what it does is it allows you to own a different dimension of yourself that you might not have been comfortable with owning, you know? Like I said, I believe that dreams reveal a lot of medicine from the unconscious, the subconscious, you know, the parts of ourselves that we might be a little bit more resistant to or a little bit more unfamiliar with. You know, I've had some wacky, like pretty bizarre dreams, right? Um, You know, some make more sense. Some don't make any sense at all. But um, what dreams in general allow you to do is own different dimensions of yourself that you might not be able to own in your waking life. So for me personally, you know, a lot with like the medallion and ancestral healing, this is teaching me a lot about, you know, again, really owning the multidimensionality of my spirit, owning the unconditional love, owning the complexity of my spirit, owning, you know, the individuality, individuality within my spirit as well. Um, when it comes to literally anything and not being afraid of what it looks like, you know, because again, I woke up, you know, before I could, you know, turn in my homework, you know, kind of just going back to the dream a little bit. Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't get to experience turning in my homework, which is always interesting. You know, I never, I don't think I've ever in a dream received a test score back. I don't think I've ever received a graded essay, um, or anything, I always wake up. So I never actually see how things turn out, um, which I also, I find that very, very interesting. So I wonder, I'll definitely record one day if, you know, if that happens, like a little, you know, mini like bonus um, catch up sort of thing to kind of like tie it all together. Um, but that's a lot of the medicine of this dream is just owning, owning your fears medicine and owning, you know, how, different aspects of your fears. Basically, this is kind of going back to the underworld a little bit. Your fear is an opportunity, okay? So the underworld is blue. Blue is your truth. Your fear is an opportunity to own your truth. You know, control, control is one of my biggest, like, I'm pretty sure anxiety is rooted or like has a lot to do with control. And then maybe that's like a separate story, um, I recorded an entire episode on it. Um, but I think like a lot of my anxiety and a lot of my fear is ultimately rooted in my shadow of control, for example. You know, when things feel like, yes, oh, 100%. What was I talking about? Um, I can't believe I didn't mention this this entire time. So anytime um, I've been in one of these dreams, I have 100% been out of control. You know, so in the dreams where I've showed up and I missed three months of school, I don't know what I was doing or where I was, but I wasn't controlling it. It was just so far out of my control. And then I was left with, what do I do now? Or in this dream, 
I don't know why I didn't do the homework. I don't know how I didn't know. And like, sometimes in the dream, I'm like, how did I not account for this? Like, where was I? What was I doing? You know, how could I have not controlled for this exact situation? How could I have not prepared for my myself for this better? Basically just admitting this is so far out of my control. It's not even funny. Okay. Um, exams, you know, not knowing the material. Um, I don't know how that happened, you know, but in the dream again, just I'm, I'm in this situation where it's like, I couldn't control for this. I don't know why I couldn't control for this. What could I do now? You know? And so back to like, you know, the fear and like the underworld and blue, you know, fear does give you an opportunity to own a different dimension of yourself. So it, what this dream does is it gives me opportunities to own like, you know, this is me and this isn't, you know, this is what I want to create and this isn't, um, you know, uh, well, what's another example? Or just in the shadow aspect with respect to the shadow, um, I need to own my shadow of control. And it's not necessarily controlling the control because trust me, I've been down that road and that doesn't work either. You know, it's kind of just owning that when I am in my shadow, like I'm very much like orange and orange's shadow you know, orange. Oh, perfect. The castle and the vessel. So the vessel and the castle are both orange. Orange is a lot of co-creation, you know, and the way I understand co-creation is, you know, it's less about trying to be controlling. And it's like a pattern of like, I haven't really talked about this before. Maybe that's like a different episode. Um, But like intention and, you know, giving love and receiving love intention. And then, you know, surrender, you know, in your relationship with creation, you give love to creation wherever you are. And then you receive love from creation in all of its forms, wherever you are. And you're always like co-creating within the context of that relationship. So, you know, and you give your love. And when I say love, I mean it with like a capital L, you know, you give the love inside of you, you know, you give the God inside of you, you give the creation, you give the spirit inside of you you give your soul, you give your spirit wherever you are and you give it in all forms, you know, and this is, I mean, this has a lot to do with like Violet and like, you know, being present and really just channeling your being, you know, as you move around in this human experience with Eros. Um, By the way, Eros has a lot to do with like sensuality and like just being grounded. Um, So it's a perfect, it's like the perfect grounding member of the Violet family. Anyway, Um, That's what a lot of co-creation has to do for me is giving of your, giving your expression of unconditional love, channeling it through you, giving it, and then receiving it, knowing like whenever it comes to you in any form, like whether that's through a person or it is through career, like through a relationship, a friendship, um, literally anything, just even the sun. It's so cold here. Okay. Where I am, it's freezing. So It could be, you know, through, you know, the beauty and like the warmth of the sun. You know, I walked outside the other day. It was like 30. I think actually, no, it was like 40 degrees. And I was like, it's so warm here today. You know, I just felt the sun on my face and I was like, thank you. You know, or, you know, receiving love from a dream. You know, we had a beautiful full moon last night, full moon in cancer. And I'm talking about this dream with you. You know, there's so co-creation is always happening. Um. So, but yes, control. So yeah, creation for me is less about control and less about this giving, receiving, you know, love relationship that we all have with God. But, you know, again, that can be something else. Um, 
like a different episode altogether. But yeah, so that's what the underworld does, you know, and that's the underworld and the self, you know, it helps you, you know, whatever you are afraid of, because like I said, this, my main fear does like my main fear, my main anxiety does have a lot to do with not having full control over my life. And so that's why over the past couple of weeks, I've been exploring that and surrender and boundaries and all of these other things, you know, that do have to do with like co-creation and like releasing control and surrendering. And, you know, what can you do? You know, because that happens a lot in the dream. You know, I'm in this situation. It's so far out of my control. And now I'm just like in a panic. And I'm like, well, what do I do now? You know, and so in this dream, I'm like purposely put into situations where control is out of the question. There is no more controlling. You know, I can't make myself, you know, remember something. I can't make myself not miss school for the past three months. But in this dream specifically, when my teacher was like, you have an opportunity to do your homework. You know, I just breathed and I was like, I like took a look and I was like, wait a minute, I can figure this out. This isn't that bad, you know? Um, but yes, so that's the underworld and the self, especially within the context of the dream, you know, really understanding the medicine that your dreams, even though they can be uncomfortable, because like I said, I've woken up like sweating, you know, um, from these dreams before, you know, just being so thankful that it's not, you know, the reality I'm currently living in or anything like that. And what I can take from that is, you know, these fear and anxiety dreams, aren't bad. They highlight, you know, your deepest fears. They highlight those dimensions of the underworld. They highlight, you know, what it is that you are afraid of so that way you can own it and you can so own that part of your truth, you know, with blue and then integrate it as a part of yourself with opalescence, you know, with rainbow, you know, for a full and vibrant expression of, you know, yourself. So with the vessel and the storm, for example, you know, I'm, we all have like light and shadow expressions. Like I said, for me, um, orange, a big part of orange, orange is shadow. Like the shadow of co-creation is trying to control everything. So my shadow does have a lot to do with control. So I know I'm in my shadow, you know, when I'm like being controlling. And so if anything, the vessel and the storm, it's saying like this dream highlights when you are in the underworld, this dream highlights when a storm is brewing. This dream highlights when you let your shadow run amok and like do whatever it wants, whenever it wants, and you don't check it or, you know, you don't heal it. You know, green, again, the storm, very healing. It has nothing to do with controlling your shadow or for me, controlling my shadow of control. It's just acknowledging it and realizing that, you know, if anything, the dream, just like the dream is like a vessel for when there's like chaos, you know, brewing in my life. It's also a vessel to know when I'm not paying attention to the fact that I'm just probably expressing my shadow right now. So if anything, anytime this dream comes up, you know, it's an opportunity to say, hey, you're probably in your shadow right now. What are you going to do to heal it? What are you going to do to show love to your shadow? What are you going to do to own, you know, with the threshold, you know, own it and the threshold in the self, especially, what are you going to do to own it, you know, as a dimension of you with the self and to really step into this new way of being every single time this shadow or this dream has come up. And, you know, I find it so interesting that it came up during the full moon. The full moon is all about like illumination of the shadow, you know? So I, I get usually like some shadowy dreams around the full moon, 
And what it's trying to do is say, you know, your shadow isn't evil. You know, we all like the shadow is an archetype, by the way. It's not here, but it is an archetype. And it allows us to look at just different. uh, The shadow is opal, by the way. So it is also, you know, integrating your shadow and getting to know your shadow does have a lot to do with owning and expressing the full multidimensional radiance of your (laughs) soul. The full multidimensional beauty and radiance of your soul and of your spirit. Uh, owning the shadow has a lot to do with that as a part of the opal family. Um, but all of that to say is your dreams are incredibly medicinal. Your dreams are incredibly healing. They help you to own, you know, those fears and anxieties to really dig deep. Um, and they can highlight, you know, especially if you have a dream during a full moon, they can highlight when you were in your shadow and how your shadow can be incredibly healing. You know, my shadow, my fear All of my fears surrounding everything that I've told you about today, you know, with like uh, that are associated with ancestral healing and like career and like all of those very, very normal human fears. You know, I get a chance to look at that. You know, those are all being illuminated, you know, during the full moon and I get to pay attention to them and really, really learn about them and dig deep into all of the different energies by looking into the aura of the dream. So like I said, dreams, incredibly healing incredibly informative you know they give you a really unique opportunity to really dig deep into the parts of you that you're not used to you know those underworld parts and that's what I love you know so much about doing dreams or not doing dreams I'm doing these dream or healing episodes because that's my way you know that's my way of really looking at my shadow that's my way of looking at my unconscious you know I feel like we all need a way to do that. It doesn't have to be through dreams. I just feel very connected to my dreams. It could literally be through anything. But now I have a lot to think about. You know, I have a lot to, you know, consider with respect to, you know, how I understand ancestral healing, you know, ancestral healing on a personal level. You know, separating myself from my family, you know, drawing boundaries, you know, my family's, you know, hopes, dreams, fears, you know, from my own and you know, what is that you know, specifically look like and how does that influence, you know, what I want to create. It all really comes together in a beautiful and special way. And the shaman, very, very powerful archetype and knows how to like integrate everything, you know, and knows how to integrate the information from the dream, the healing from the dream, the unseen love, you know, within the dream in order to really create something beautiful. You know, the shaman is an alchemist, you know, Um, it brings all those parts together for very unique medicine and it's very creative. You know, indigo, the shaman is indigo. Indigo is very much the visionary, the leader. You know, so if anything, the shaman showing up in this dream aura healing points out, you know, we can really shake up, you know, how we interact with dreams and these other unconscious aspects of self for a real opportunity, you know, at true integration and true healing of the self in a way that we've never experienced before. So, Okay, that's my spiel. Um, Okay, so we're good for now. Um, That was so much fun to take a look at. And now we can close. So I like to close every single episode the same way in which I open them, which is by, again, closing my eyes. I say thank you to my spirit family for guiding me today. Um, It's always good to say thank you to everything that guides us. Um, I just reflect a little bit, take a couple of deep breaths, and then we're done. So if you want to join me, you know, you can pause if you need more time, but um, I'm going to go ahead and do that right now.
Okay, wonderful. Every single time I close my eyes, I see that my aura is like a orange and violet color whenever I finish, um, which I find very, very beautiful. I rarely ever see those colors together, um, literally unless I'm doing a podcast or I'm recording a podcast episode. So thank you so much. You know, I've been really excited to record this episode for a long time because, like I said, this dream has been with me for a couple of years now. Um, and I just learned a lot from it. And here's the beautiful part. I can continue to learn from it. This dream, I don't think that's the last time I'll ever see it. I mean, you never know. You know, maybe last night's full moon. Um, maybe it will be the last time I've ever had, you know, that dream. You never know with these things. But as long as it continues to be a part of my life, you know, it it's a recurring dream. So it does give me the opportunity to look at my shadow, to own my shadow, to look at, you know, the medicine that comes from this specific, you know, ver I didn't even talk about that. You know, shadows come in so many different forms. I said my biggest shadow, you know, does have a lot to do with control. And this is just like an embodiment, an expression of that. So this dream in general allows me to look at like a different expression, a different side to my shadow about control and how that does connect to, I said ancestral healing a lot. Um, but how does that connect to ancestral healing, but also in a larger sense, because I didn't really talk about that. Um, and I'll probably do a podcast episode on that soon. But yeah, the way I understand ancestral healing, yes, it there is, and maybe this is a part of it too, you know, there is a linear sense, like paying attention to my mom and my dad and, you know, their grandparents and well, their parents, my grandparents, um, paying attention to like those who came before them. But there's so much you can do with that, you know. There's everything I said from, you know, we are all one universal family. So how are we all each other's ancestors, you know, or we all share the same ancestor, you know, God or creation being our ancestor. What does that mean for us? And, you know, what does that mean for how we share with one another and the energies and the stories that we pass on to one another and how we can consider ourselves, you know, as somebody else's ancestor, you know, if we choose to create families of our own, you know, what does that look like? And what does that mean? You know what I mean? you know, how does control, how does my shadow, and this is where it's so beautiful to do these, and this is why I love doing these aura healings. Basically, I took a shadowy dream about fear, um, a lot of like anxiety. Mine is, you know, really rooted in control, and I talked about that at the end. And how does that transform into something so beautiful, you know, about how we connect you know, as one universal family, you know, about, you know, how we heal one another, how we show up for one another, you know, what we pass on, you know, to one another, you know, how, how does that all connect? And that's something that I'm always thinking about. It's so much fun to think about. Um, but I'll just, I'll leave you with that, you know, but Gnosis, because I feel like that's the, um, Gnosis does, it is very, for me, connected to my dreams, um, in general, but Gnosis showing up in this dream was incredibly special um, just because it's showing me a lot about how dreams can be a way. Dreams are another way to study, you know, your whatever it is that you are excited about. So dreams are, in this case, an insight into ancestral healing that I didn't even realize about, you know. So now I get to explore this entire window and this entire portal of how can dreams how does how do dreams intersect with my understanding of ancestral healing? How do dreams intersect with, you know, my understanding of us being one universal family and healing one another? What does that look like? You know, I get to look at that now, you know? So 
so much medicine within this dream. I'm sure, you know, it will still have so much to teach me um, and I'll probably like write about it. But um, thank you so much for listening. I really enjoyed recording this podcast episode. If you could rate, review, subscribe, that would be so much appreciated. I really love doing this. Um, that's just helpful, you know, for like podcasting purposes. And, you know, happy full moon, happy full moon in cancer. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you.